shotglassdigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. It's all about celebrating your love of a galaxy far, far away. And Little Debbie is the fan's choice for all those sweet moments. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. How is this possible? I mean, I get that it's been a long time since The Empire Strikes Back, but 10 years since Revenge of the Sith hit theaters? And we thought that was wrapping it all up. That is absolutely crazy to think about it, because I recall counting down the days to episode one coming out and saying, my God, I can't believe it's already been 16 years since Jedi. And that seemed like a lifetime. It's incredible. I mean, it's been almost that same amount of time. Um, but, you know, when you get old, the time goes by so much faster. I mean, it just seemed like it seemed like a lifetime between it seemed like a lifetime between Re- Return of the Jedi and any official word about new Star Wars movies, let alone when they when they finally came out. But now we're just we are we're swimming in oodles of new Star Wars, and it just it, it couldn't be more exciting. But we're, uh, we're going to look back at uh, the 35th anniversary of both Empire and Jedi, or excuse me, and Revenge of the Sith uh, in just a few moments. But uh, for those of you joining us uh, for the first time, you are in the right place for Star Wars talk here at Rebel Force Radio. This week's show for May 29th, 2015. So great to be back with you. Glad you could be with us. And um, that voice that you heard just moments ago was my good friend and yours from Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. You know what's kind of funny to think about it this way? is I mentioned that there was a 16-year period between the release of Return of the Jedi and the release of The Phantom Menace. Mm -hmm. That seemed like an eternity. Look at it another way. It's been 16 years that uh, Phantom Menace was actually released. Oh, it just doesn't seem possible. It almost seems like yesterday I was walking into Pizza Hut to get all of my Jar Jar Binks cup toppers or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Taco Bell, wasn't that? They were huge. Remember that? Yeah, I remember the lady at the Taco Bell counter going, which character do you want, Zsa Zsa? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I got I got Zsa Do you got Ava Gabor back there by any chance? <laughs> All the All right. Gabor sisters. Three quarters of our audience. No idea who Zsa, Zsa or Ava is. I guarantee. We're not dumbing it down. No, we're not. No. Show your age, Jimmy Mack. Show your age. Uh, you know what? We're not alone this week, which is a good thing. With all this uh, talk about 
um, anniversaries, and uh, and we've got some some news coming up. Big news: uh, the reveal of a new character from The Force Awakens, courtesy of Annie Leibovitz, and uh, we're going to be looking back on our time at uh, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, we're going to actually wrap up the wrap up this week, and all kinds of fun things. Um, and to help us do that, we've got our good pal. Uh, he's a brother of ours here in the force. Uh, Mr. Kyle Newman joining us. Kyle, welcome back to Rebel Force Radio. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And this is a big week for you. You've got a brand new movie in theaters beginning today as this show is released, Barely Lethal, uh, with yes. none other than uh, Samuel L. You know what? Jackson himself, uh, Mace Windu in the film and a host of others. Kyle, congratulations on the new movie, man. <laughs> Oh, and guess what? I have a little visitor I here. I see you got He's a cameo. Cameo by James Knight. Come on, Knight. James. James Knight. Back in the old days, it was just a bunch of yapping dogs, and now we got... Now there's dogs, too. You know what? James Knight has a micro cameo in the film. See if you can spot him. Write to Rebel Force Radio, and, <laughs> and the first person to write you guys to spot him will get a signed poster. Ooh, oh, you heard it here first. Signed poster for those. It's like, where's Waldo? But where is James? You gotta find, and barely you gotta find him. He's in there somewhere. All right. Well, that's cool. It, it just, can he say the galaxy is listening or he your source say, for the force? I don't know. What, what's our tagline? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. He can say Nemo. He can say Moon. Moon. Does he sound like he can Darth say Darth. He can do Yoda voice and Chewbacca. Oh, really? Yeah. That's child's play. He's great. <laughs> What did Jamie say? Him well. I've been training him well. Yeah, I'm talking with some friends, buddy. Some Force friends. He's doing the Darth Vader voice. Do Star Wars. James Knight, give yourself to the dark side, young man. <laughs> James, Kyle is your father. France. Now he doesn't want to talk. He wants to hear Darth Vader. Oh. He knows that voice. Yes. Yeah, so I'm really excited about the movie coming out tomorrow, uh, today. Actually, and yeah. it's um, it's on in select theaters. It's on VOD, on demand. It's yeah. going to be branching out on June 5th to uh, 25 more major markets. It's opening in New York and L.A. And then after that, it's going to branch out even further. And our, our distributor is this great company called A24 Films. And they have um, – just put out a bunch of great films, Ex Machina, Slow West with Michael Fassbender, uh, While We're Young is a new Ben Stiller movie with Adam Driver, Kylo Ren himself. Yeah. Um, and also uh, they put out um, A Most Violent Year with Oscar Isaacs, which uh, was nominated for some stuff and uh, was heavy in the mix at the Globes. And um, there was him and Jessica Chastain. And so they've got a really cool track record. And I, I love this company. And thankfully they're putting the film out. And um, you know, there's no reason why you can't watch it tomorrow from your house. That's awesome. I love Today, that. I love I love the way that you know film distribution is changing. I love the fact that uh, VOD, you know, streaming uh, and and some of the cable uh, providers are getting these films available because you know, Kyle, as you know, as a, as a relatively new dad, it's not always easy to get out to the movie theaters. Right, you got to get a sitter. You got to get all this stuff, and so to have these um, movies, these new movies, available to us in all these different uh, formats and uh, on all these different platforms is is really really great. Yeah, it's 
Look, the the way they're releasing it is new to me. But the, like I said, they have this great track record with it, and we had an advanced window through Directv, so it's been out there for a little bit at a premium and um, exclusively. And it's great. You learn about the movie. You find out about who's watching it and what areas of the country. And then you know how to release the movie into theater. So there's some vital information that comes out of it. And you get some great buildup and awareness. And DirecTV promotes the heck out of it and puts it on there um, you know, all over and advertises it. And then it comes out in, in theaters and, and everybody wins. And look, every movie that's not The Avengers, that's not a $100 million film mm-hmm. – this is happening to it and it's actually really cool because the bottom line is you want people to see your film and it doesn't matter if you go to the multiplex to see it. Um, there's very few movies where it matters. You know, obviously it's star Wars or interstellar or a Batman film, like the $150 million mega films. But beyond that, you know, most people have great systems at home and great TVs or your friend does and you rent it there and you watch it and it's, it's just still a great experience and sometimes it's more customizable and more enjoyable. You know, movies are crazy expensive to go to a theater and it's, and it takes hours and hours, but sometimes you have a little window, you can buy it downloads in a second. You, you watch it, you can pause it. If something happens and you finish it, not that that's what I want you to do with my film, but <laughs> it is possible right. to do that. So, um, you're right, and things are changing, and yeah. it all aggregates into content on iTunes or on your Direct TV or Vudu or whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's a TV show. Like I just binge watched Daredevil. You know, yeah. it was great. You yeah. just watch all 13 episodes in a few days, and um, I just love having it at my fingertips. And oh, so cool. I'm pleased that this movie's going to be easily delivered to everybody. It's coming to people. Ask. It's coming to the UK in the fall. It's already out around the, the world in a lot of different countries. Um, it's out in the Middle East. It's out in Russia. Um, Jeez, God, I, re- I remember when Fanboys was coming out and people were having to drive 100 miles to see it. Yeah, well, you know, it depends. With this movie, like I said, they're expanding the theater count. So yeah. if you live near a big city, you're going to get it before other people. And they use the online stuff as a promotion. And they kind of cross-promote each other and... Um, it just all comes in, you know, it just comes as to one big release and then we'll put out the DVD and, and all that in Blu-ray and, um, I think it'll be available for rent, um, in, in late summer or early summer, late summer, like August, you know, you mentioned it's available, uh, for, um, on demand viewing. And I know it has been on direct TV for a while, not a while, at least a few weeks, but is it now available on other carriers? Um, I don't know the specifics. I know it's going to be on like Vudu. So I'm assuming it'll be on everywhere else where you could buy it at, um, you know, at like $11.99 instead of renting it, you know, for the $4.99. So you got Um, Jessica Alba, you got Haley Seinfeld, you got uh, uh, Jamie King is, of course, in the film. Yeah, Jamie's in it. You have Dan Fogler's in it, you know, Hutch from Fanboys and Jamie from Fanboys. Um, Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones. I know there's a lot of Game of Thrones fans who listen to this. She Steve-o. is, she's awesome. You have Steve-O, Dove Cameron, who is killing it on, uh, she's Disney star right now, but this girl is the coolest. She's like a new Reese Witherspoon. I can't say enough great things about her. Thomas Mann, who is in Project X and, and his new movie also just won Sundance. It all won all the big awards and he's the star of it. Um, but you'll recognize him from Project X. He's a male lead. And Toby Sebastian is a kid I cast out of the UK who they cast after I did now. He's on Game of Thrones season five. 
He's all his own music is in the film. Uh, so you can see him on Game of Thrones uh, season five. He's the Prince of Doran. Um, and Gabe Basso for JJ, you know, Abrams fans, he was one of the leads of Super 8. And um, he's also in Kings of Summer, another great independent film, plus Rob Hubel, Rachel Harris from The Hangover. Um, uh, who else do we have in this movie? I, I like Alba, the fact that- Samuel L. Jackson. And, and then my lead is Haley Steinfeld, who's the Oscar nominated actress from True Grit, you know, the Coen Brothers film. She's fantastic. So to work with two Oscar nominees and Samuel L. Jackson and Haley Steinfeld is, it, it's just, Tremendous. I'm so well, I like thankful. the fact you have Steve-O from Jackass in your film. but uh, All three of them are in a scene. It's Steve-O with two Oscar-nominated actors, and Steve-O holds his own, and he shines, and he's so good in it. It's, it's a really, really fun movie. So if you like old high school films and if you like action, you're going to love it. It's We tried to blend parts of old John Hughes films, parts of movies like Mean Girls and Clueless and Easy A and 10 Things I Hate About You. But it also has this injection of action. So it's this really, really cool genre mashup. And girls do all of the fighting and all of the ass kicking. And uh, we're not preachy about it. Do you, like, you, I was going to say, so there, there are no boycotts now we were of this did, film we because this, it's all about girl power. We cast this before the, it was a Huffington Post mandatory column. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, tell so us, we actually, did it on our like, own accord because it's cool, not because anyone else pressured us to do it or browbeat us into do it, because we think it's awesome to have girls out there kicking ass and fighting. You know, when I tried to make this film initially, people were like, could it be a guy? And you're like, No. Yeah. Because that's what makes it fresh. You know, you're flipping the genre on its head. And also a lot of these um, PG-13 high school comedies, it's a fish-out-of-water comedy, um, they have female protagonists. Look at all the, the great ones, you know? Clueless and and Mean Girls and Bring It On and all the way back, 16 Candles. Pretty it's in Pink, all those, yeah. Pretty in Pink and... One of my favorites is Breakfast Club, and there's there's some great references to that in it. Uh, I don't want to ruin anything, but you'll pick up on it if you know the dialogue well in Breakfast Club. It's a really fun scene at a party. Um, For those, so Kyle, who like, don't know, what give us a, a snapshot of, of the premise. I, I know that you said it's a fish-out-of-water story where you, you, you have a girl that has kind of this incredible background, but she she wants to live a, a, a normal life for a change. Yes. So Haley Seinfeld... And, and Sophie Turner are both students at this, this Prescott School for Girls, which Samuel Jackson is the overlord, the headmaster. And they're raised to be these um, – they're almost like salt. You ever see the Angelina Jolie film? They're like young assassins. They're yeah. young uh, agents. Mm-hmm. And it's this under-the-radar government program. And she's one of the best. She is the best. But while she's on her – international missions, she starts picking up contraband in the form of pop culture. So the only thing she knows about normal American life is through these movies, these pillars of the genre. And so she soaks up 90210 and 16 Candles and and Clueless, and she has an opportunity to go off the grid and, and defect from the program, and she seizes it, and she shows up at an at a American high school as a Canadian exchange student, and... <laughs> realizes that integrating into this school, which is a lot different from what the movies tell her, um, it's going to be a greater challenge than she ever anticipated. Um, 
in her words, you know, it's worse than waterboarding. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's a very high concept, but with these great actors, it keeps it emotionally grounded. So you can keep going back to a core emotional experience. There's a coming of age element to it. Um, it's not an R film. It's not like a movie where it's like senior year, get your rocks off, last chance, lose your virginity. It has more of a perspective of she's the new student. So it's almost like she's a freshman going into this just because how naive and doe eyed she is. And then her past comes back to haunt her. You know, when she gets a little notoriety in her school, she ends up on YouTube and, um, the floodgates kind of open because both enemies and allies find out where she is. So uh, she's got to stride the line between past and present and her two identities. And um, it all escalates in a really funny way. So there's great action and a lot of laughs and has a lot of heart. And like I said, we made it independently. Brett Ratner, um, you know, who's uh, you guys probably seen some of Brett's movies from the Rush Hour franchise. He just did the new Hercules and Producer. he did an X-Men film. Brett uh, exec produced it. Yeah. He's like a mentor. He helped uh, help me put the film together. And he's got this great pedigree with action comedy. Um, our fight coordinator uh, was Jackie Chan's guy of 20 years. So there's a lot of fun physical combat in it. You know, worked with a great stunt coordinator who just come off of Iron Man 3 and he went on to do American Sniper after that. So we have some really great stuff. And our production designer just came off of when we were making a Pacific Rim. So um, some really top industry people are, uh, you know, collaborating on it with me. Awesome. Our composer did Juno and he's super talented. And, and it has Samuel L. Jackson. And yes. that's Jedi Master Samuel L. Jackson. And I, I think we have a clip here, Jim. We do have a clip. We do have a clip. Stand by. Here's uh-huh. Samuel L. Jackson in Kyle Newman's Barely Lethal. Meet Victoria Knox, American expat turned arms dealer. If you're a terrorist and you want to kill some folk, this is the person you call. Don't let her good looks fool you. She has an IQ of 140, and she will use it to kill you. She was last seen in Corsica three years ago. Until she resurfaced eight hours ago and will probably be gone in eight more unless we bring her in. Correction. Unless you catch her, Agent 83, and bring her in. Alive. Wait, what? Simmer down. You're B-team, 84. B-team? This should be my mission. I studied the case file. She's over there sniffing Kesha, the new fragrance by Kesha. I said simmer... You need to get your head in the game, Agent 83, because Victoria Knox will take it off. (laughs) See, you hear, you hear the classic Samuel L. Jackson. How do you direct him, Kyle? Do you say, okay, turn on the Samuel L. Jackson now? Is that how you say it to him? Just like that. No, um, (laughs) who they're talking about in this clip, by the way, is Victoria Knox is Jessica Alba, who is a certified badass. She comes on a set. You show her one martial arts move. She duplicates it authentically. She just does her own stunt. She's so cool and so badass. And she's got this beautiful blonde hair in it. So she looks so different. And she's got this really great mean streak in it. It's it's fun. Um, so Samuel Jackson, I mean, he's a dream to work with. He is... I mean, he's been acting since he's like 20 years old. He's an extremely studied actor. He only, you know... 
discovered some success much later in his life, in his 40s. But uh, before that, he worked his butt off to get where he was. And so there is that, yo, it's Sam doing Sam's thing. But if you look at him in every film, he's really smart. He brings these different layers to it. And uh, I loved him recently. I just saw Kingsman. and He's got a little lisp. And, you know, he's always does something really fun and quirky. And with this, I mean, he's, he's, this, he's a really tough headmaster. But... He won't admit it, but he does have this attachment to these girls. He's almost like the father figure to them. So his relationship to Haley, who he's talking to in that scene, and also the girl who's complaining is Sophie Turner, um, who is so different than she is in Game of Thrones. Um, they're like his they're like his daughters, and it's hard to pick favorites, and they don't like each other, and one's jealous of the other. And there's this cool family dynamic that he brought to it beyond just being, I'm the boss here and I'm your teacher. Awesome. Well, that's barely lethal. We better stop talking about it, Kyle, before you reveal the entire plot. Yes. (laughs) We want no spoilers here for barely lethal, Uh, but that's in theaters, select theaters beginning today. Uh, You can catch it on demand uh, depending on who your provider is. Uh, uh, You say uh, uh, the, uh, who did you say had it? Hulu or Zulu or uh, Voodoo. Voodoo. I'm sure Voodoo. (laughs) Get with the program, Mac. I know. I know. Voodoo. Wherever else you go. I mean, I think the Xbox, I don't know everywhere you can do uh, VOD, you know, obviously Comcast, DirecTV. Perfect, perfect. I'm watching it this weekend. The real world, the modern world. <laughs> one of your friends has it, even if you don't. Yeah. Jim, you, you know, can't stream it off that VHS player. No, I can't. So you know I know. Can't. I was just trying to do that, and I'm <laughs> I'm trying to. For, I, I, I'm a eleven ninety nine and a couple of 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 friends and see some fanboys alumni. See Samuel L. Jackson. I promise, fun. Yeah, I, I can pull fun. it in on the VHS machine. I'm adjusting the tracking and everything, and it's just not Head working. on down to your Blockbuster. <laughs> the Blockbuster. Pick up a copy of VHS. The Blockbuster has it for sure. Well, that's great. Yeah, you can even get it on Divix. Remember Divix? Oh, yeah, Divix. Yeah, yeah so. watch it quickly because it'll disappear. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's awesome. Barely Lethal Cow. We're very uh, happy and proud. Uh, for you, uh, I know you've been working on this for several years now, and uh, I'm just really happy that it's out there for everyone to see. Now, yes. let's get down to talking about the wars. Yes. Let's yes. do that. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, cannot believe that it's been 10 years since Revenge of the Sith and 35 years uh, since Empire Strikes Back. So I just wanted to uh, talk to you guys real quick uh, about where you were when those movies came out and and what kind of uh, legacy do they have for you as a Star Wars fan as we approach this exciting new era where the canon is just going to continue to expand. Um, Kyle, let's start with you. 35 years ago this past week, The Empire Strikes Back. Did you see it in the theater? I know you're a young man. We're not we're not like Jimmy Mack. We're younger men. Um, yes, but I saw you, it in the theater. You saw it in the theater in the initial run. Rockaway Mall in New Jersey, yo. <laughs> I'm sure they haven't updated the mall since then. Yeah, they probably don't even have a movie theater uh, anymore. Um, it used to be, you know, you'd go to the mall and they had a movie theater there. And it was it was not a megaplex. They're like a cineplex. They maybe had two screens. Right. They'd seat like 127 people with a sticky floor and the crummiest <laughs> seats known to man. But that it was awesome. And because it was a mall, your parents felt okay to leave you in line. And they would go yeah. shop, and you would just... <laughs> and there'd be arcade machines nearby, you know? Yeah. 
that was the best going to the movies in the 80s and you'd get there a little early you'd play like the tmnt game you'd play like gauntlet <laughs> get four friends together maybe a little double dragon yeah so empire strikes back you, that was your first star wars movie in the theater right no actually i saw um a new hope at a drive-in in new jersey Oh my! Gosh. Uh, in seventy-seven. Okay, so so did you have an awareness then of what I you were about to see with Empire when Empire was I coming think, out? Well, my first memory of Star Wars was the energy that my family had because we went with a lot of extended family, like thirty of us at a drive-in theater in New Jersey. And I just remember, everybody was like afterwards was like buzzing, and everyone was happy and passing me around, and it was just like I don't even know if I remember the movie, but I remember. Just like family and happiness. And then I do remember going to see Empire Strikes Back. By then I was super cognizant of Star Wars. Uh, if my brothers brought home like a toy, I could sniff it out. Like I knew it was in the house. I was like, there's a do-back here. Where is it? And they would like hide it in the dryer and I'd have to go find it. Or you know, Christmas time would roll around and I could sniff out the Star Wars figures in my mom's closet and ruin the surprise. So – I was like, um, yeah, I was a Star Wars hound at that point. So, yes, I went to see it. I was only uh, four. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Star Wars was my life. Yeah. So When you think back to that, that, that first screening that you saw, like what scene jumps out at you that you just – you'll always remember that on the, on the big screen from Empire? You know, I, I think there's something really, really – cool about the um when that blast door closes and chewbacca howls i remember just being really afraid like mm. for the heroes on hoth when like they, a uh, very when they, sad defeated moment and c 3 is like from time to time you know <laughs> you're like oh no what's gonna happen and they're out there in the blizzard and right. it just was there's some real real peril to it cliff, and I, you know, at that cliff point, from cheers is there i mean it's a it's rough. You don't know what a film is. You're just there, and it's a story. You yeah. don't think somebody made this, and somebody's in the suit, and you don't think of it. Like only only around the time of Return of the Jedi did I become aware of that process. You're like, yeah. oh, this is a movie. I see. Like actors, you know. You just don't. I was too young to understand that. So for me, Empire like soaked in like this fantastic tale. Like someone reading me a bedtime story, you know, it, it didn't. I couldn't see the seams or the construction of it. It was just like magic. Jimmy Mack, thirty-five years ago this week, Empire Strikes Back. Where were you, sir? You know, Jason, at my advanced age, it's hard for me to kind of <laughs> piece together the, uh, the, 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 the 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 all of my memories. But I do recall being in Niles, Illinois, standing in line outside the Gulf Mill movie theater with myself. My brother and the, the Anderson brothers, Lars and Eric, and we had convinced them to come with us and stand in line, which was totally unheard of. Mm. Like you guys said, it was back in the day. You'd stand in the shopping mall, buy your ticket, and go right in and see the movie. And, man, that brings back a lot of memories, especially you know being in the shopping mall. Now, these theaters were actually... Outside the mall, they were in their own standalone buildings, and they were really big theaters. I did see Star Wars a lot of times, though, in the shopping malls themselves. Remember the general cinemas? You know, oh, sitting yeah. in wow. there waiting for the, the theme in this. <laughs> Remember that? 
Yeah. Okay. So you oh, guys. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Guys, <laughs> oh, my gosh. God, it just blew out my hearing as I played <laughs> that thing. But, you know, it was worth it for the memories, for the nostalgia. But, um, yeah, so we saw it at the, at the theater, and we, we got there about, I don't know, four hours early, which, again, was unheard of. But we uh, knew exactly which uh, which uh, screening we wanted to see. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to see that Friday night prime time, eight o'clock. We wanted to be there for that, and it was worth every moment of it. I went in there totally spoiled. I knew Darth Vader was Luke's father. I knew that that information was going to be given to us. So the thing you asked Kyle, what stood out to him from that first screening? The thing that really stood out to me the most. Because I had spoiled so much of that movie by also looking at the Empire Strikes Back storybook at the uh, Crown Bookstore prior to going into the theater. Mm. So not only did I know the plot, I, I saw a lot of the visuals as well. The thing that really shocked me the most was when Vader had Luke out on that catwalk and he chops his hand off. And so Luke loses not only his lightsaber, but he loses his hand. And that was a big shock for me. I didn't expect to see bionics in The Empire Strikes Back. I didn't expect to see bionics in Star Wars. We understood that Vader was a machine in a way. But we didn't know if he was a complete droid or if he was a cyborg. Um but just the term cyborg was something I solely associated with the $6 million man. So now I saw an element from one franchise crossing into another with the reveal that Luke has a bionic hand at the end of Empire Strikes Back. And to put this into perspective, in the year 1980, you weren't used to seeing bionics outside of the $6 million man. That was kind of an element that was sort of specific to that franchise. Now, I know that cyborg technology was something that did exist within the science fiction realm. But in mainstream pop culture, you associated things like mechanical limbs with Colonel Steve Austin. And the $6 million man, you never associate it with anything else. So now here you see bionics being applied in the Star Wars universe. So that just made the whole thing even cooler because that's what I was a big fan of before Star Wars even launched. A lot of kids my age, a lot of boys were really into the $6 million man. You had the the merchandising tie-in with Kenner making large size action figures of $6 million man. This just paved the way for Star Wars. We were being primed by things like $6 million man, the bionic man. And so it, it was nice to see that tie-in because here it is it's a technology that obviously especially back then now i mean there's been so much done with prosthetic limbs and that kind of technology but back back then it was really unheard of to have lifelike uh, artificial hands and um and so that's what made the six million dollar man so unique and cool as james knight agrees with me um, was the fact that he he was bionic, and now Luke Skywalker had bionics. But the difference is is where the bionics were an enhancement for Steve Austin. With Luke Skywalker, we we realized he lost something major when Darth Vader cut off his hand. 
you know, not even thinking about his lightsaber. So it was. You were also really into um, Olivia Newton John that summer, too, right? Oh, of course. Greece is the word, Greece. baby. Xanadu. Xanadu, yes. You know what I remember was going into the going into the, the music store, picking up the soundtrack, and it was ruined for me because there was a track called um, Lobot Has No Lines. Oh. So I knew. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Lobot. <laughs> all right. So fast forward 25 years later, uh, we're all kind of. Wait a second. I don't know, it was, Jason, yeah. what about you? What? Do you? I mean, do you have me? any Empire memories from 1980? You were three. Or four. I was three. I, I did not see it in the theater. I saw. I, I, I think I've mentioned this before on the show. My my uh, in, introduction to Star Wars was all through the toys, um, so it was just always around. But as far as the films go, um, I saw the first film. You know, A New Hope on HBO. Went next door to the to the cousins and saw that, and then I saw Return of the Jedi shortly thereafter when it was released to the theaters, and at that time. Empire Strikes Back was not on home video. So Return of the Jedi was in theaters, and yet Empire was still not available, at least not not widely, not for purchase. And so my uncle had a Laserdisc player, and he had pre-ordered the Empire Strikes Back. And I remember, like it was yesterday, finally getting the phone call from my uncle that the, that the Laserdisc was in. And uh, going over to their house to to watch it, and so I'm I'm driving, you know, riding over, so excited that it was like brand new Star Wars to me. I had seen the first chapter and the fi- and the last chapter, but I hadn't seen that middle part. So uh, I was uh, super excited, but no, it I never saw the toys, it. Toys, though, right, Jason? What's that? It's always the toys. Like it, I, it was, I was the at, toys for me. That was, was the, the gateway. Yeah. There was a store called Michael's Things for Fun, and I remember just walking through the mall and. I saw like it was new action figures, like they were out before the movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was that wave of toys. You know, it was the up to um, figures twenty, you know, twenty two through thirty one, and it was that first wave of Empire. And I believe IG eighty eight was he in that one? IG eighty eight. Who was in that one? I'm just trying to think who. But I remember going over to this 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 store, and there was all these new Empire figures, and I was like freaking out because you're seeing these characters before you see them in the film. Yeah. And there was a, a Han Hoth and there was, I think it was Vesp, just like, Vespin Han was out there. I know it, there was already like a, was there a Bosk advance thing going on yes, at that point? Yes, there was, there was the mail away for Bosk. And I think yeah. IG-88 was part of that initial wave from Empire. I'm yeah, and it was certain. a new logo, and you'd flip over the back, and you'd see all the figures laid out of what was coming, and you could see the, all the ones that weren't even in the store, and that got me excited for the movie. Same thing with with Jedi. It was wandering into a store and some some. Yeah, there was there was no f- internet. There was no like no. There was no you know real media coverage of of toys back no. then. The only way we knew what was coming was to get that little catalog that inside book, one yeah. of the vehicles, right? Um, or as Kyle said, you had to flip over on the back to see, you know, uh, what was coming out. Uh, or, of yeah, course, those great, those great those great TV commercials. And yeah. told me it was Jabba the Hutt. Oh, so for man. the longest time, I believed this guy at a store because he showed me a picture of the Gamorrean guard action figure that that was Jabba the Hutt. So then when I got to the movie. I was like, what? <laughs> It was it was those moments of discovery. I mean, you felt like you, you were an archaeologist and you discovered 
incredible new Star Wars vines. The first time I saw the Empire action figure carded was at a kid's castle or someplace, you know, crazy like that. And I was waiting for my mom to pick us up after we went to see a movie, you know. Uh, like Kyle said, they they drop you off at the uh, theater and, you know, uh, you, you'd uh, watch the movie and then you'd wait for that ride home. You'd sit there, you know, first you'd see... Um, and then you'd go, so you'd kill time waiting for mom to pick you up because she was always late and you'd stumble into a toy shop or whatever. And I saw it at kid's castle. It was just one carded figure with the empire strikes back logo among the star Wars carded figures. So you, you saw the star Wars figures you'd seen on the pegs for years up at the, up to that point you'd seen three years, but there was this empire. It jumped out at me and it was R2. And uh, I just, I looked at it and I said, I really considered maybe I should ask mom for a couple bucks so I could get it. Thinking to myself, she'll never get it for me. She knows I already have R2. She'd never let me double down or anything like that. Well, I came to find out years later that that R2 carded on the Empire card is rare because in later waves, it was the R2 with the the periscope or not the periscope. The, the the radar dish that he uses on they, the they called it a periscope though I think they did on the on and the so, on the card yeah that was the more common one so the original one is more rare to find on the Empire card yeah. so I'm like you know I I, I yeah but you wait. wouldn't you wouldn't have had the card no I know I would have ripped it up well I don't know because I would have been purchasing it just for the card. Oh, wow because I knew that's what you know I already had the figure but you're you're like anti. Keeping figures on cards. Well, maybe that's I, why. I uh, you were well, you're burned. You yeah. had this golden opportunity. All right. Well, let's talk about um, Re- Revenge of the Sith. So, you know what? I think yeah. we should save Sith for maybe a little bit later in the show because I think we need okay. to get into our uh, Smuggler's Bounty recap because we have a special guest who wants to join us. Sure. We do. We do yeah. indeed. So uh, we do want to look back at Smuggler's Bounty, which was uh, just a, a fantastic sequel to Smuggler's Gambit. And it was held on uh, Saturday at uh, Star Wars Celebration uh, Anaheim. And that was uh, you were you were in the on the big stage, the celebration stage was that what, one thirty? Is that what it was? Is that when you left me, Jimmy Mac? Oh, no, no, no. Um it was at one. One o'clock. One um, o'clock. Yeah, you were holding down the, the uh, behind-the-scenes stage. And you, was. you had several panels, which required heavy lifting <laughs> yeah. by you. I mean, you were actually... Uh, uh, well, I, had to, I had to actually moderate and yes, everything. You were very involved <laughs> as a moderator. When we were dealing with uh, the licensees, they would do their presentations about the products that are coming out. It was all very cool. They didn't need us to kind of lead them along the way. They had presentations ready to rock. But with the publishing panels, Jason oh, yeah. actually was required to be a moderator for this. Panels called Star Wars at Del Rey, Star Wars Comes Home to Marvel. And uh, it was just great to think about um, just all the opinion that has flowed out of Jason Swank's mouth over the years about 
Star Wars publishing and books and the expanded universe and the comics. I was just so thrilled that you were oh, able to irony, really, right? You the were irony. able to really I just a, get down and dirty and sink your teeth into some quality expanded universe and beyond conversation for oh several hours on stage I, 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 on with a spotlight shining on you. Oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> oh, oh. You feel better now? Oh. You feel better? How, how was it for you? You got a, you got a cigarette now? So meanwhile, on the uh, celebration yeah. stage, a little presentation yeah. called Star Wars Smuggler's Bounty was happening, directed by Kyle Newman and uh, featuring many uh, of the voice talent uh, actors from uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars and beyond. And, uh, man, I'll tell you what, Kyle, it was pretty intense leading up to the big show day, you know, I mean, it seemed like smugglers definitely consumed my life for the better part of six weeks leading up to star Wars celebration. Smugglers was like my life. I felt like I had to, you have to get to that point where you're obsessed and you just want to work on it all the time. And I could work on it all the time. And, and you work on something is how I am with anything, movies, whatever, until it's as tight and it's as good as it can be. And if you're not like that, then you're in the wrong damn business, you know, just keep refining it. Keep working on it. Is it the funniest it could be? Is it the tightest it could be? Is it the sharpest it could be? And you want everyone to be as prepared as possible. Now, everyone's doing this for fun. This is not a, a paid job. And thankfully, all these great actors dedicated their time. It would have been great to have everyone together for one real one run through. It would have been great if you know JJ's panel didn't take up the stage for three days so we could actually have like a little longer of a tech, you know? Um it's just all that stuff's important when you're putting on a live show. But despite that, I think we prepared the heck out of it. And we were in really good shape when we did go live for, for as, you know, as uh, cavalier as we had to be with it. You know, it wasn't by choice. But we just had to kind of roll in, never having really run through it, never having heard it performed in that space. Actors largely unfamiliar with what the other actor is going to do or with your sound design. Um, or with the music cues and the timings, maybe people heard it once, maybe they didn't. So, um, but we had to prepare everything as much as we could on our end in terms of script and soundboard. And I, I felt great about that. You know, what was fun was, um, the rehearsals leading up to it. And, um, <laughs> there were a few times we had some read throughs where we were trying out different audio and here's, here's this is something I, I don't think I told you about this Kyle but we were uh, it was a select group of us on the line you me FJ um, a few others and Paul was there and I was playing some sound design and there was a blaster fight <laughs> and I was going with what sounded cool to me when I was putting it together and I, I was really proud about this one sequence and I remember when it ended there was this pregnant pause and then I hear Paul's voice go um were those droidica blasters there and then it was I swear to God it was really funny and then the conversation went somewhere else and I just was kind of sitting there thinking to myself oh my God I know what Paul meant by that he meant that I am using sound effects from the wrong era in our smugglers uh, Han Solo story I I have to stay honest to like stormtrooper blasters and all this and and so that's but that just kind of <laughs> it drove me nuts. Um, because you know how Paul does that. He just... Well, he knows the answer to the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course it was droidicas. Yeah, but it and sounded he would, cool. he would be the one to point that out. But you know what? That just sort of helped me 
refine my level of commitment to accuracy to the 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 era of Star Wars we were there, yeah there was a rebels track in there and i remember yeah 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 david david had a little resistance to it <laughs> david and I, jumped I was all open over to it. it at first but i was like you know what we should probably stick with that vibe that all we knew in 1978 and 1979 that's where we're operating so what what was the vernacular of Star Wars then? How big was the universe? What did it sound like? And not really stepping beyond the scope of that audibly, uh, musically, or verbally. You know, I feel like the, the tone that we really strove to get was, you know, 1977 to 1980 Star Wars dialogue, when the universe could be anything. Right now, I feel like everything's been done and said and defined and there's something a little bit naive about it. You know, that's the magic that I love in Star Wars. When it's okay to be a little naive. It's okay to be a little goofy. Um, you know, all that stuff you hope that's in these these new films. And you know what I thought was, it was a big difference uh, between this one and the last one was um, the performances from everyone. I think everyone sort of grasps the concept of what we were doing. So those who were returning really were able to get into it and bring something, something cool to it because they'd been through it before. But then we had some new performers with us. And the one who stands out to me the most is Catherine Tabor, who was our Princess Leia. She slipped right into it perfectly. And I think we have Catherine with us. Kat, are you there? I am. Yay! <laughs> I love it when it works. <laughs> Catherine oh, Tabor. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're, no, you're right. That's right. It like all goes down. Well, so. thank you so much for joining us here on Rebel Force Radio. It was awesome having you on stage with us for uh, Smuggler's Bounty. I was so excited to be there. I love, um, I love that kind of live stuff. Uh, it's just there's nothing like it. So to get to be a part of that and to get to be Leia, you know, it's just cool. That is cool. Yes, thank you again, Kat. It's Kyle. Um, no, yeah, hi, so Kyle. So glad to have you in the cast. You did uh, oh, wonders gosh. with Leia. It was so great, and like you know, all I can say is that like the minute it was done, we were all just like, "Let's do it again." Yeah, it's if a shame. You did it again, it probably would have been like three times as good because you could feel like the actors getting warmed up into it as it went on, and people really gathering the rhythms that Jimmy had established and everyone was kind of vibing with each other's characters. So uh, it would have been great, but you know, that means the third one, everyone involved is going to know what's up. Yeah. And we have some special stuff planned for the third one already. So I think third one smugglers revenge is going to just be a blowout because we're going to go, we took this one to another level. It was longer. It was better. And I think, Revenge is going to be even uh, even huger. Well, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is available. Uh, it's not available in isolation at StarWars.com. They haven't actually pulled it out, but it is part of the um, the YouTube video of day three at Star Wars Celebration. So it's about oh about a third of the way into that uh, six hour plus uh, video file, and you can watch it in its entirety plus the. Uh, the, the, the Q&A afterwards, and then there is, of course, the, uh, the uh, uh, interview with the cast that was done in the, in the special studio. That is available as its, own, um, as its own video file. 
But uh, I just it, want to say to all you people who went to the Marvel panel instead of our panel, I hope you're happy you got to see a cover of Lando Nine. Hey, 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 hey. That was my panel. Wait a minute. Awesome Star Wars with David (laughs) Collins as Han Solo and Jimmy Max Sounds and Catherine Tabor as Leia. I'm glad you all went to go talk about Lando 9. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, also, Kyle, I have to say, like, so many people who did see the show said it was their favorite thing about the entire celebration experience. So that was pretty. That was pretty amazing when you think about everything that was there. And, you know, it wasn't just one or two people who said that. A lot of people who said that. And That's awesome. Yeah. There's something about a live show and the script was so amazing and everything that you put together. And, uh, you know, it was just it was really a, a special, special thing. And it made a lot of people very happy. Well, Kat, yeah, uh, you were great to hear. I mean, that's what our goal is to you want people to come and roll in and sit down and been on their feet and, and just escape and have fun and, and literally like be carried away into the star Wars world and something we're all passionate about. And you've got these, these absolutely terrific actors just incarnating these characters in a fresh new way. And, and the music's there and hopefully you're transported into the star Wars universe. And, you know, Jimmy and I are uh, about to get underway on post producing it. So more people can hear it, even if you weren't there, uh, you can watch it like that, but obviously it's a limited experience. You'll see visually what it was like, but it's not the intended final um, experience to watch that video clip. But you should watch it and then watch and then listen to it when we put it out after it's post-produced and it'll be layered with more ambience and sound effects and things will be tightened and and everything will be clearer so it won't feel like the echo of the room. You'll really feel like you put on headphones and you're you're in a little – Star Wars story. And that is our our secondary goal with it is to get it out there for even more people to hear. So if you couldn't go, there's still another way and a totally different way to enjoy it. So even if you were there and even if you were in the room, I think it's still a, a great way to experience it. Um, and that's 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 kind of you ride the line when we produced it. Right, Jimmy, we kind of we want it to be a great live experience. But at the same time, we're setting ourselves up so we have the raw material to go enhance it yeah it's definitely a a struggle with us as we're putting it together because we want to whip out everything in the kitchen sink for the live performance but we also keep in mind that we want to have a clean vocal track to work with when we create the enhanced edition which will be coming out here pretty soon like kyle said we're we're just starting uh to get our our teeth uh sunk into that one and that's uh that's a lot of fun also to prepare i've been listening to a lot of the brian daly and pr star wars audio dramas and uh taking note of a lot of the things they do and i like doing that every time we get into uh doing a smuggler's presentation because that's really the thing that sort of inspires us so much are those old uh national public radio star wars audio dramas. i have issues jimmy I, I just listened to that three times in a row over the past two months. Like <laughs> I've been my car. I'm not even kidding. Exaggerating. You know, it's just like I, I listen to it almost on repeat. I, I probably listen to the radio drama stuff more than I sit and watch the films. I, I think there there's such a great expanded format and telling of the Star Wars tale and the way that he would write Han Solo or Princess Leia naturally as an extension of you know George's groundwork it just feels very organic and he expanded it really really well a lot of people i think i think there really is a an audience for that if uh 
if somebody would, you know, would do that. I think, you know, just even like what you're talking about, like driving around in your car, because, you know, so many people I know really love listening to audiobooks and different things. And uh, I just think that particularly for something like this, there would be such a, a huge, you know, welcoming from the fandom if uh, if it ever got to be something that was done on a more regular basis, like that was. Absolutely. You know, rent a theater, you know, in a cool city and, Maybe we do it in L.A. And we get all these great Star Wars actors here and we perform it live and all the proceeds go to charity. And you fill up a theater and we record it. I mean, there's a lot of cool ways to do this um, where it's for fans, but you give back and it's a great live experience. And I just hope Lucasfilm, uh, you know, thinks beyond just the, you know, the onslaught of just endless children's books and stuff like that, because there is a vibrant form of telling Star Wars that's completely being marginalized. And I don't know why. I just don't know why. Why did they neglect it for the prequels? Why do they still neglect it? It's one of the most um, striking forms of Star Wars storytelling that's ever been done. Those, those radio dramas, people adore them. And it's just underserviced. And it's, it's, it's kind of disheartening. Yeah, I wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about you know your your performance as as Princess Leia. Of course, you're well known for playing the mother, uh, for playing Padme. So uh, w- w- when people are just hearing your voice, yeah, how did you approach um, playing Leia, and what were you thinking about and trying to make her sound and act different than uh, than Padme? Well, you know, I've played Leia in several different mediums as well. Um, so I, I already have a sense of her and uh, and um, it's just really understanding what sort of the character is about and, and who she is. And particularly in that time period and with Han, you know, David and I talked about this. She's pretty, you know, I don't want to say she's a, you know, a B. I don't know. Can I say that on this radio? Yeah, well, she's um, a tough she's a tough broad. That's what uh, you mean, right? No, we're not allowed to yeah, say like, no letters. And, and she, She's quite entitled, actually. You know, um, we we really forget that some of her, you know, some of her best lines early on are are pretty insulting to walking carpets and and. Uh, <laughs> she does have a bit of a princess complex, doesn't she? Yes, and I, I I love it. And and here's what's great about it: it's not coming from a place of arrogance or, you know, or just something negative about her. She's just really, really about the rebellion. She's really about doing what needs to be done, and she's not really interested in things that you know detract from that or waste time. And she she views herself as someone who needs to be a leader in this situation. And sometimes, so you know, Cal, when, when you're a girl and you're 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 working in the boys club, kind of like you being a voice actress and working in animation, that's kind of a, a boys club in a way. And so you have to be assertive as a woman. You know, you have to throw down and say, no, you don't even think about about crossing me up here because I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to chew you up and spit you out. That's what I get from, from Princess Leia. And that's what I think you well, bring to her, thing, too. Yeah. The great thing about what she did and what I love and what I think is lacking sometimes today, I mean, there's so much of this distinction about, like, oh, you know, you're a woman, you're this. I, I really don't think she viewed herself any differently, and that's what makes her so awesome. I just feel like now, like, people just look at stuff, and they're always trying to, like, I don't know, compartmentalize everything into, you know, who's this and who's that. And she was just, you know, she was just a strong character 
And it's not because she was a woman or, you know, whatever, but but she was just a strong character. So it, 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 that's why I think so many girls loved her and really, like, you know, were so happy to have that character be a part of their lives. Well, you know, it would take a, a strong woman to uh, be able to, to put up with Han Solo. And, yeah. and we, we get a good... Uh, <laughs> We get a good uh, sample of what that relationship was like, especially early on in Smugglers. And this is one of my favorite scenes with you, Kat. This is you with uh, David Collins as Han Solo. Um, kind of, it's kind of revealing the communication issues that the, the two had, the couple had, uh, early on in their relationship. Hey, toss me the Hydra spanner, will you? Well, that was some exit, Captain. You always that dramatic? I guess you've been rubbing off on me. And here I was thinking you were one of us. Spare me the Inquisition, princess. I'm just a guy with a fast ship and people to see. Okay, enough bravado, tough guy. I'm here because... We need you to... I'm sorry, I want that again, sister. Han! Sorry! Would you... Sorry, can't hear you! Are you quite finished? (laughs) (laughs) Loved how that played off. I was a little worried about that one, but I thought it played pretty well. And uh, yeah, it was great. He told us to just like go for our stuff. You know, once I once we heard the first cue, then just to keep talking, and then it was your job to make sure you put the hydro spanner where you need to. So (laughs) all pressure on you. That, that is that is an issue with smugglers knowing uh, where and when to put the hydro spanner. So, <laughs> Isn't it always an issue so, where and so, when to put the hydro spanner? So, <laughs> absolutely. So, Kat, let me let me run down a list here. You played Leia in the Force Unleashed. One and two. One and two. Okay. <laughs> Star Wars Detours, which was never released, but you yeah. played a, a, sort of a different kind of Leia. Yeah, she's a tween Leia, and um, it's you know I'm I really hope from the bottom of my heart that everyone gets to see um, Detours at some point. It's some of the work I'm absolutely the most proud of. It takes two things I love, which is Star Wars and comedy, and puts them together. And it was so smart and has it just uh, it's just amazing. So I really hope that that everybody gets to see it someday. But Leia in that series is. Um, she is. She's a little brat, actually, and uh, she's really funny. <laughs> well, I think we have a clip. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow, Leia, you look really amazing. Yeah, I know. Why are you staring at me? Yeah, I'm famous and hot. Deal with it. Um, I don't feel like the center of attention anymore. Fix that. I see. So, <laughs> Valley Girl Leia, Valley Girl yeah. Leia, right? Is that what they told you to like be a, a Valley Girl type? It's just kind of the way that the dialogue is actually written. It sort of goes that way. Mm-hmm. And what is really funny, and I'm not even sure I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to. It kind of was down to me and Seth Green, who produced and also stars in Detours, for playing Leia. What? <laughs> he was going to play Leia. Because, because she, she was sort of, you know, a really... You know, she's just a she was just a bold take on the character, and it you know it would have been funny. I'm of course glad that they went with me, but um, but yeah, she's just it's just sort of taking all of the characteristics of the classic characters and and making them more extreme. So any entitlement and any princessness that was there is exaggerated, and it kind of, it just it was really it was a blast. Well, that's weird. So did you hear him doing 
the Princess Leia voice his interpretation no. of the character? No, I just knew. Um, I just, you know, sometimes you get word of what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But, man, that's weird. And <laughs> that, so that's a totally different take on Leia. Um, did you do Leia on Star Tours? No, I did not. Okay. I didn't think so. That didn't sound. No. Like. Did you do Leia anywhere else that we're missing? I think that, I feel like that's it right now. Yeah. Hmm. So smugglers and the force unleashed are pretty much your, your, your straightest take on the character. Yes. Okay, cool. 100%. Well, I hope detours <laughs> comes out. So we haven't heard anything about detours lately. Not any, anything. No, I mean, nothing new. Uh, you know, like I said, I, and, and I think that, um, I think the more people that talk about it and ask about it and everything, the more likely is it will, it will, it will come out. And I, I just think it has to someday. It was really the last thing that George sort of was kind of overseeing. So sure. just for that, for that alone, I, I, you know, I think it would be important and uh, it's just it's just so good like i'm not even kidding it's it's really good well we heard about so many episodes being actually completed and ready for yeah. release so did you log a lot of time in the recording studio performing leia for this show i did and you know not only did we have just the most amazing you know cast and different people showing up there was singing there was musical numbers i mean it's just it, there's a there's episodes that sort of refer back to um, classic films. It's really it's 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 so layered with not just Star Wars lore, but the kind of pop culture lore that people who you know really love Star Wars, I think, really would get would get and love too. It's really smart. It seems like I think when you look at it, that project just it, it, you know quickly it might seem like, oh, it's going to be sort of silly. And it was really the opposite. It was very smart and very layered. And uh, uh, it, it just was something that I was really proud to be a part of. And again, I just, I hope and pray that everybody gets to see it someday. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, it'd be a shame if that wasn't released. Were you working on it for a long period of time for like years or was it more like months? Yeah, yeah it was years. No, it was years. Wow. <laughs> and I, I got the news about that and Clone Wars. Like, basically, there was a day when there, you were getting producer calls about, like, shows being done. And <laughs> I oh. got two. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like, as the actors, you feel bad. But I, I almost, you know, I think when something ends, and, and everything has to end at some point, but you always feel worse for the actual crew and everybody, too, who, like, that's their, you know, we, you know, we come in and we record and it's fun and amazing and but we're still you know doing other stuff and but people who it's their it was their full-time you know gig and it was their life and you know they 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 had moved their families and whatnot and um so that's a that's a harder pill to swallow yeah yeah nobody really thinks about that or talks about it but you know that that's the reality of it and uh yeah that does suck for those people well i I certainly hope that star wars detours gets released in some way shape or form uh, sooner than later, I bet it will. I bet it will. They, the word is, is that they'll put it out after the Force Awakens has yeah. its run. So we'll see. Maybe in the next year or so, we'll see it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, totally, totally. So, well, it was great <laughs> catching up with you, Cat. Um, Thank you. It was it was so much fun hanging with you out in Anaheim. Smugglers was a blast. Thank you, Kyle. I'm wearing my Rebel Force Radio T-shirt right now. Just oh, so you know. yeah. That's I'm I'm stuff. like that kind of, you know, I'm like a method actor. I like to wear, you know, <laughs> costumes, even if it's voice. And so 
I'm wearing my Rebel Force Radio T-shirt right now. Well, you got to psych yourself up for this. This isn't just no. Yeah, I was I I was always glad to talk to you guys, and I wanted to say too because I think tomorrow is a big day for Kyle, right? Sure is. Yes, barely lethal. <laughs> please, no, please go see. Cut. It's independent film, so please go support it. Well, I I will be. I know, and uh, congratulations. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. I really <laughs> appreciate that. No, it, it means a lot. Um, also, you know, coming on Rebel Force Radio, you guys have always supported everything I do, whether it's whether it's Star Wars or not. And that's always so kind to kind of have that forum and be able to tell people what I've been working on. So that's awesome. So hopefully you guys check it out. If you like hearing me rant on here, I know I'm the person that everyone says, oh, I talk too much. Well, now you can go see uh, what I do when I'm not talking a lot. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. This is a talk show. You know, we have to remind <laughs> yeah, people that talk, that's talk. really the point, right? We don't. Yeah. <laughs> that is the point. Well, yeah. uh, thank you so much, Kat. You've thank been so you generous with your time, and uh, uh, we hope we can do it again. Absolutely. Take care, All and right. may the force be with you. Thank you. You too. All right. So, um, yeah, we had a big, big show with uh, Smuggler's Gambit and – or I'm sorry, Bounty. Bounty. See, I'm ah. doing it. Jenny, you did it all last week. <laughs> Kyle, now did, I'm doing it. Did you pick up on that, Kyle, that um, a few weeks ago I kept saying Smuggler's Gambit? I said, Smug- Jason says I said Smuggler's Bounty once, the first, first time, time right, yep. and then every time after that I said Gambit. Gambit. Yeah, I know I heard that, but you know, it's hard. I slip up sometimes, too. So I just try to say Smuggler's. We didn't name it till later. Just ask Paul. <laughs> Was that a joy, Dika? All right, and do, do we have you for a few more minutes, Kyle? Yes, I do. I, it's very soon I have to put my, my son to bed as I'm being uh, communicated to. He's, he's oh. having a little separation anxiety from Papa. Oh. Um, oh. So he's used to me putting him to, to slumber town. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you don't want to miss that. No. No, got to tell him all the great stories of Jedis before he goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, while we have you on, uh, we do want to talk about something that was revealed at um, the Untold Clone Wars panel at Star Wars Celebration. And um, your name was brought up because, unfortunately, something that was left untold um, involves you and a character that you voiced. I didn't hear this. I want to get the transcripts from this panel. So this uh, is something that came up at the untold clone wars panel at star wars celebration and kyle your name was brought up you're a part of this something that was left untold is a character that you voiced uh yeah it was something i was very very a excited to do and b proud of to go finally work with dave and the clone wars cast on on a very critical arc as a character in star wars but sadly Never made it. Never Disney made it. cut it before awesomeness no. could be unveiled, and um, here we are. But, you know, the show went on to win a lot of other accolades, and um, yeah. some of these episodes came out in different ways. I don't think this one is coming out just because I, I believe they said there's some bearing on canon with it. Mm. So, um, Well, let's go to the source. Here's a clip from the panel. We'll hear what uh, Filoni has to say about this. 
Um, so it's been mentioned a couple times that Kyle Newman recorded some voices for episodes that weren't released. I just want to know, did he voice Kitster or Ben Quadraneros? <laughs> well, I will have you know, he played a tune. He did. It wasn't Ben Quadraneros, yeah. and we just watched it the other day. And it's a brilliant performance by Kyle. He brought, you know, he understands Ben Quadraneros in a way that nobody else on the planet does. Um, I can say that with charity, and it was it was really fun. I, it was really disappointing that it never made it to screen. I was so glad I could have him do that. Um, I don't think you'll ever see it. It was a really strange voice. I'm probably doing him a favor by not showing it. Maybe next celebration. Yeah, maybe. We'll do, but he would not play Kitster. I don't know where that kid is. Everybody keeps asking me on an escalator today, "Where's Kitster?" I'm like, I don't know. I wish I could help you. Put him in Rebels, you know? Uh, you know, yeah, that's not going to happen. But it came up once, and that's like right there with Paulo. Yeah. I might as well put Paulo in it, and we, he's, he's an artist. We, right? we, can't, so. we can't turn Rebels into a shelter for all these abandoned characters, you know? Maybe we should put them all in the same scene together. Yeah. And, one episode, yeah. And Kitster. yeah. I would put Kyle in that episode as Kyle Newman, <laughs> surrounded by vintage action figures. <laughs> oh, wow. So he actually, uh, I didn't hear this. This is, uh, he, he did commend my performance. I wasn't sure what, what Dave ever really thought about it. Well, now you know. I mean, he thought enough now of it I to know. never release I have to say it. it was good. <laughs> if you've ever been to uh, the Island of Misfit Toys, oh, um, no. Oh, no. You may pick up that I, I drew some inspiration from Charlie in the Box. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got Charlie oh no! Box. Charlie in the Box had a makeout session with Ben Quadenero. Oh my God! Well, I can hear some of that personality in in Ben Quadenero's. You know, yes. when, he's, when he's he's freaking out and he's hitting the dashboard of his pod racer. That's, that's that's definitely Island of Misfit Toys material. That's Matthew Wood, by the way. That, is that really Matt? Does he do Ben Q? I know. Yeah. Do we know this, Jason? I don't think we know. I this don't think we knew news. this. This is breaking news. Yes, and while we were while we were at Star Wars Celebration, we all went to Disneyland one night, and it was great. And we we were periscoping. Matt and I were riding uh, Big Thunder Mountain together with a whole horde of us, and it was. It's pretty awesome. And then we got off the ride, and Joey in Tucson, one of your listeners, was there at the exit four minutes later with a Ben Quadraneros action figure for myself <laughs> to sign. And then I introduced him to Matt and told him Matt was the voice, and he got a double signature. Oh, my Holy God. God. So On he got the voice rare, and the biggest fan. Ben Quadraneros action figure, which is one of the rarest Kenner Hasbro toys you oh, could yeah. ever acquire. Yeah, so go sure. On eBay. And get them. It yeah. must be not that rare because he probably <laughs> saw you on Periscope, went to the the uh, the gift so, shop, found so one the still. It's so five years the after it came out. <laughs> still on the peg. There it is. It's still swinging on the pegs. Right. Ben you know, Q. I better pick this up. It's so rare, but that's amazing. How do we not know this about Matt? We spend time yeah. with these people. I have got to get this action figure signed myself. I had no idea. Wow, that's See amazing. if you can find them. They're so rare you can't even get them. 
You think I'm being facetious? Oh, stop it. I can punch in right now, eBay. No, do you think that thing lingered as long as Obi-Wan with mullet or Qui-Gon 19 or Clone Trooper with slight blue deco variant? Well. No. He was a highly collectible rare item and he came with a pit droid. Ooh, there's actually a Ben Q uh, 2001 Star Wars Tops Evolution trading card. But you're right. I'm not seeing any figures nope. here. Where, where are See, the you figures? You guys think I'm being silly. That's because Kyle has a guest house on his property out made out of these figures. <laughs> Kyle's got them all. He's he cornered does. the market on Quadraneros. I have two. That's it. Mm. That is strange. You've signed a lot of them, though. For a figure I helped create. Do you yeah. sign them, Kyle, often? I have signed probably 30 of them. Oh, my God. That's insane. I love that that is your, that is your legacy. That's your contribution to Star Wars is that <laughs> Thank you. you helped create the Ben Quadraneros action No, it's just the figure. power of Rebel Force Radio. It <laughs> That's was true. A joke. That's true because Filoni first heard your, your, your angst over Ben Quadraneros on these airwaves all those years ago. And he still finds yeah. it funny today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's good He's to see. He's got a great sense of humor. Hey, speaking of that clip, it's good to see the old Where's Kitster mantra is still getting some mileage there at Star Wars Celebration. I wasn't sure. We were in the behind-the-scenes stage the whole time. I, I didn't know if Where's Kitster fever was still burning Kitster. among Star Wars fans. Apparently it was I've happening on that episodes. escalator. I've heard some episodes where you, you kind of say, forget Quadraneros, let's talk about Kitster. But yes. Quadraneros... Never got his moment. We got to continue this save Quadraneros um, movement. It's a movement now. It is. It's a, a zeitgeist thing. Yeah. Uh, never forget. Hold up your four fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you just can't let it die. Kitster, he's in a gutter somewhere. Oh, ben Quadraneros was an internationally, globally, galactically acclaimed pod racer. Oh, that's Kitster's- enough. It's a movement, all right. It's a bowel movement. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, Kyle, before we wrap you up, because we know you want to go tuck in uh, uh, little James Knight, do want to ask you about, um, again, that this week commemorates the 35th anniversary of the release of The Empire Strikes Back and the 10th anniversary of the release of Revenge of the Sith. So 10 years ago this week, Revenge of the Sith, bittersweet moment, the what we thought the final Star Wars film and what we now know is probably the final film to be helmed by uh, George Lucas. Where were you and what were your feelings going into Revenge of the Sith? You know, it was an exciting time because I knew Fanboys was soon to happen and we were working on it. And I was getting, you know, the permissions and putting it all together, uh, you know, through Lucasfilm and, and all that. So it was a really cool time knowing that we were going to um, make the movie and it was going to kind of capitalize on some of the excitement of Revenge of the Sith. So for me professionally and personally, it was, it was exciting. Um, you know, we got, uh, you know, in fanboys, we got the, uh, the Jar Jar model, um, to be George Lucas's screensaver. And that was something got uh, the model we pulled out of, uh, nice. Sith. So I, I, I mean, I think I saw it first in Manhattan and then multiple times in Los Angeles. And then someone gave me like a bootleg DVD and I watched it probably like nine more times. And, <laughs> um, it was just, a, yeah, you went all out because you knew it was the end of, of an era. Jimmy Mack, 10 years ago, Revenge Ooh. of the Sith. Well, I remember the countdown to the moment. Um, I remember how I felt that day. I remember standing in downtown Chicago, talking to my friend, 
uh, who's also a, a died in the wool Star Wars fan, um, and uh, just feeling weak in the knees, thinking tonight's the night I'm going to finally see the origin of Darth Vader. That's what I really wanted to see. That's what the prequels was all about to me. Was the origin story of Darth Vader. And I'm like, finally, we're, we're going to get to see this. This wasn't something I'd just been waiting for since I saw Attack of the Clones three years previous. This is something I've been waiting for since 1977. This was what it all came down to. This was finally the, the, the night was here. We were going to see that famous duel between Obi-Wan and Anakin. At the vol- you know, at the volcano is how we always used to describe it. You know, that's what we thought it was. We didn't know that the whole planet was a volcano. Right, right. It's kids. Need, it's we kids. Need to clarify you- one thing. Yeah. Always on your show, you guys say that Darth Vader, Anakin became Darth Vader in that scene where he's fitted with the outfit. He goes, "No." Yeah, I say that. I stand by that. But you do say that, but no. When <laughs> when Palpatine says, "Henceforth, yeah. you shall be known as Darth Vader." That's when he's coronated Darth Vader. That's when he's granted the title. And the unfortunate twist is when he suffers that fate and he becomes a fraction of the Darth Vader he could have been and is equipped with the armor. But he becomes Darth Vader in that moment where he gives in and slumps down on his knees and it's almost like a knighting ceremony. That's my opinion. Oh, my God. We'll be here all night. Um, <laughs> because I think, I think yes, he became Darth Vader uh, by name and rank, but I don't think he really – fully became consumed by the persona of Vader until Padme died. He needed that persona to hide Anakin. He needed to tuck Anakin away because he couldn't live without her and he couldn't live with the guilt. I love it. It's a nuanced debate. It is a nuanced debate. All right. So, but I mean, but they also, um, Sith was the first midnight screening I attended. I did not go to midnight screenings for the other films. Um, but I, I knew that my last opportunity would, would be with Revenge of the Sith. And I can honestly say I don't think there was ever a time in any movie theater ever where there was more just energy oozing out of the audience. I mean, people were cheering for the uh, the public service announcements that they were showing before <laughs> they even showed the movie previews, you know? It'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, go out fishing with your son. It's wholesome activity. People are like, yeah, fishing! <laughs> They're going nuts, and it's midnight on a school night. But uh, it, was, it was pretty exciting, and uh, I did have my microphones there. I did cover it for Chicago Radio. I talked to people as they exited the theater. And, uh, you know, gosh, I should dig up that recording. I'm sure I have it somewhere. And uh, maybe we could listen to that next week. I'll, I'll make a note of myself to uh, pull up the fan reaction from when we left uh, the movie theater opening night 2005 for Revenge of the Sith. Midnight screening, though. So exciting. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to, to recapturing that magic again, you know, when we go to uh, uh, The Force Awakens. Just, you know, having that weak in the knees feeling before we walk in there. And this time it's going to be, oh, my God, we're not going to hear the things that have only been whispered about in the past. We're going to go down a whole new direction in the Star Wars um, storytelling with uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, it's, well, uh, well, hey, Kyle, you're going to have to listen to the show to uh, hear my recount of uh, – my Revenge of the Sith experience, because we've got to let you go, but barely lethal in select theaters today. Wider release happening uh, next month. 
but it is available um, everywhere there on uh, DirecTV and uh, all of the big platforms for video on demand, including Vudu and iTunes and all that stuff. So once again, um, seriously, congratulations on the film, and I hope that this leads to many, many more exciting things. So Thank go you, tuck your son in. So much. Uh, you know, no, it means a lot to me that you guys have me on as a friend and a supporter so you, I can, you know, come talk about this stuff, be it Star Wars, whatever I'm working on. And, you know, I work on this for years and years. So something I'm super passionate about. And, you know, like I said, we're an independent film and word of mouth is everything. So, you know, uh, please, you know, check it out. If you like it, spread the word about it. Um, like I said, it's right now, if you're listening to this, it's on iTunes, it's on Voodoo, it's on Comcast, it's on DirecTV, it's in select theaters, and it's expanding to more. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you like hearing me talk on here, I know you're going to get something out of the movie. It's really fun. And thank you guys again. And Jimmy, uh, thank you for the tremendous work on Smugglers. You know, making this <laughs> stuff with you guys is like a dream come true, getting to create Star Wars stuff and bring it to life with all of these really cool and talented people and doing it at celebration for fans and with fans. It's just, it's awesome, you know, and it just feels like something that just came out of the Rebel Force Radio family. So we have everyone involved and it's, it's just the coolest. So thank you again. And thank you guys for having me on. Oh man. Oh. We, of course. I'm sorry. I got to go. I, I feel bad. You know, no, just... no, no. Do your thing. <laughs> go be a dad, Kyle. Go be yeah. a dad. I, lo- I love coming on here. So it's hard to get me off. But yeah. Thank you so well, much. we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. All right, man. Awesome All right. guys. Be well. You too. Right, you too. Bye bye. Yeah, so well, I, I got to tell you about my revenge of the Sith experience. Yeah, you know, as far as Kyle goes, though, I mean, you know, he, he oh, thanked him. me. But, well, I just want to say, you know, I mean, he he was so inspirational during the whole time we were creating Smuggler's Bounty from, yeah. you know, the the very first time we, we started typing words on the paper all the way up until we actually did the performance at uh, in Anaheim. And, uh, I mean, he, he really is the glue that holds it all together, and it's his enthusiasm that makes everyone excited to be a part of it. And uh, so that's what's so great about having Kyle around. Well, I... I, I was really fortunate because, uh, Jim, uh, you had given me the tip that there was a, a Skype rehearsal going on just a few days before we all left for That's Anaheim. Right. And uh, so I had a good time because you just kind of let me dial in and I just put it on mute so I could just listen to everybody. And it was inspiring. I, I love um, you know Kyle's enthusiasm and he was just calm and cool as a cucumber the whole time, taking everything in stride. Uh, nothing rattled him. He was uh, so patient, and of course, the enthusiasm, and the passion he has for Star Wars, and um, just you know, conducted everybody brilliantly, and it just it all came together. And that's that that kind of effortless uh, talent is you know a hallmark of a of a great director, and and being able to get the best out of his performers, his actors, and all of that. And Kyle has that in spades. So. Absolutely, but enough about that guy. Let's hear enough about you about and your experience seeing. Rots. Didn't I say, wait, wait a second. I just violated one of our policies. Uh, we're not allowed ever. to ever, ever refer to Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith as rots. And Never. there, there I, I went and did it just now. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to remove myself from the studio and I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to go to the town square and punish pu- yourself. I'm going to publicly flog myself with a uh, <laughs> with a Hasbro uh, lightsaber, and it's going to be uh, pretty good. I- I'm sure somebody will be periscoping it, so uh, you don't want to yeah. miss that. 
Um, yeah, so I did all of the midnight screenings for all three of the prequel films. So I, I, I wear that as a little bit of a, a badge of honor. But I really screwed up with Revenge of the Sith because I had fairly recently uh, taken on a, a new job at the time. And this is where I met our old buddy Pete. So Pete and I quickly bonded over Star Wars. And um, what started our, our, our friendship really was the lead up to Revenge of the Sith coming out. And we would sit across from each other and, you know, oh, hey, did you see this link? Did you see that link? And following all of the rumors and all of the the uh, the spoilers and, and, and everything. And so finally, when the movie came out, we said, well, OK, we are definitely doing the midnight screening. And uh, so we got together. We did it. Pete was the smart one and yeah. called off work the next day. <laughs> he is smart. I did not. I did not have the uh, the wherewithal to do it. I did it with the last two. And um, was so stupid. And I just remember being so, like, on edge after that movie and seeing it. And uh, because it was very intense and it's, you know, all the Star Wars movies, for the most part, kind of leave you. uh, There's an uplift. Even Empire has this feeling of hope. Um, But Sith was so final final uh in terms of the fact that it was the last star wars movie or we thought and final in terms of uh the 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 story itself and you know clearly no happy ending here i mean you kind of get the you know the 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 baru and and owen there on on tatooine with the baby and uh bail with with leia but it's bittersweet bittersweet it is bittersweet i mean let's face it i mean it's not really a happy ending to grow up with Uncle Owen. <laughs> Not at all. That, I mean, there's curmudgeon, uh, and then there's Uncle Owen. Yeah, he's crusty. Right? He's crusty sometimes. He is crusty, yeah. right? Um, so who's more grizzled, Klieg Lars or Owen Lars? It's, it's a toss-up. He's got that. He comes down some mornings, you know. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. mad because you didn't shut the power down on time the night before, and he's got that dried-up blue milk in his beard, and he's just, eh. He's always mad about something. He's cranky guy. again, um, you know. But I, but I got home. I could not go to sleep. I just kept reliving the movie, reliving that, that moment. And I'll tell you something that really jumped out at me. It's very subtle. It's very fast. And, and Hayden takes a lot of flack. You know, for what he what he did, what he didn't do in his performance. But the one thing that I will always love about Hayden's uh, uh, performances, Anakin Vader, is there's a vulnerability there. And I think that's one of the reasons why George cast him. George was looking for a James Dean style, you know, uh, actor that could be vulnerable, that could be sensitive. And there's this moment, Jim, as he's laying there on the table and that mask is lowering and it's just about to go on his face and there's this panicked look in his eyes of what's about to happen to him mm-hmm. and uh that that scene just kept playing over and over in my mind i couldn't sleep is it's so i i probably didn't even get more than two hours of sleep till i had to get up i had to go to work and i was exhausted but at my my lunch break i went to i think at the time it was a borders books I bought the novel, I bought the comic book, I bought the CD soundtrack, I yes. bought everything that I could do That's to right. relive the making of book. 
Um, I bought everything. I just totally went to the tank um, to to do everything I could to relive the movie Um, because I just didn't want it to end the whole experience. Well, something I'm really looking forward to with The Force Awakens is going through that process that you just described, going to the bookstore or wherever we go nowadays. There certainly aren't any more Borders books around. That's for sure. But we'll find a way, even if we're ordering it on Amazon, we'll still be able to consume all the awesomeness that's going to accompany this film release. And that's something I've looked forward to with each Star Wars film release, at least from the prequel era on, is all that extra stuff you get. And there's going to be a Midnight Madness this year, and it's going to happen in September. September 4th. Yes. Um, in fact, I was just... Um I just saw uh, Pete over the weekend, and uh, I said, hey, don't plan anything for September 4th. So who knows? Uh, back in the, the last Midnight Madness, Jim, you remember we did coast-to-coast coverage. Yes. Uh, starting in New York and moving all the way across the country to uh, California. And um, uh, you were out there, I believe, with, uh, with Michael. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- and that was for Revenge of the Sith, as a matter of fact. So, uh, no, that was actually or, no. or the Clone Wars. Clone Wars, you're right, for the Clone Wars movie, right? Yeah. That was the battle droids night <laughs> when, I, when I, I just harassed my son about his choice of action figure. <laughs> we could do better uh, than that. <laughs> gathering skills. <laughs> He brought a bunch of battle droids over to the thing. I'm, I'm, you know, I want the, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, so do we have any sort of like um, aspirations to do another live coast to coast midnight know, madness show? I would like to do something. I'd like to do. You know, these things don't come. You can't take for granted that they're going to happen with every film because uh, they didn't with the the last run of, of films. I don't think every film got a Midnight Madness. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah. Every film got a Midnight... Oh, episode yeah. 2 got a Midnight Madness? Yeah, it sure did. I don't remember Episode 2 Midnight Madness. No, it did. It did. I did not attend that one. Um, I did go to Midnight Madness for Episode 1 yep. with my very pregnant wife guarding the uh, shopping cart with, with her life. And... Uh, <laughs> Because you uh, had a Darth Maul in there, I bet, right? Oh, yeah. That I, was the one. So People I, were ready to kill each other for that. I'm just like, you know, hey, you know, try to look really pregnant so no one comes near you. <laughs> um, she's like, I don't need any help with that. I, I remember um, for episode three, yeah. th- the Lava Vader. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. From yes. Target. And I, I go to every Target within 150 miles. And the one Target I remember... We saw a guy out in the parking lot. He had gotten in there first, bought them all, and was in the parking lot selling them for 30 bucks a piece. Yeah, that's real nice. Yeah. You know, nothing like uh, snatching them out of, like, kids' hands. So you Absolutely. So sail out in the parking lot. But, you know, with episode one, I filled up the cart. I probably spent three to $400, you know, that night. <laughs> and, uh, didn't even think twice about it and then went back the next day to get the stuff I missed because there were a few things I missed. And I'll never forget that lady ringing me up at the uh, at the counter the next day. OK, the day after Midnight Madness, yeah. you know, I'm such a junkie. I'm back for more. <laughs> and she looks at me and she's like. You're not one of them dang fools that was here at midnight. It's like, I'm like, oh my god, what the, what kind of judgment call is that to come from the Toys R Us clerk? 
ringing. Right. I'm just like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't be one of those guys. Sorry, I'm helping keeping you employed, yeah, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, please just just ring up my Jabba glob and, and, and <laughs> leave the commentary to yourself, please. Right, right. In your, in your Jar Jar tongue uh, sucker. My tongue remember, sucker. You remember that? He it was like a sucker. It was like a Jar Jar tongue. She's like, he ain't one of them dang fools who's here last night. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, not this guy. Oh. Not this guy. Hey, be careful with the Jabba glob. So, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what's that look like now? It's been. Uh, oh, I still have it. I still it's been have 16 it. years. Is that glob still uh, look like know. glob or is it? I don't know. I have to inspect that. It's been, yeah. Yeah. I have it locked away. Uh, hermetically sealed. <laughs> um <laughs> I think but, we're uh, I think we're supposed to apply electrodes to it like in five years and it comes to life. I don't know. Is that what it does? Yeah. It, and they make a movie about it. <laughs> but uh it was a pretty exciting time though when um Revenge of the Sith came out. There was also a Midnight Madness for that. Yeah. I did not attend that one either. No, no. Yeah, that was the one with the lava vader. That was the lava vader. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well now now that you bring it up, I don't know if there was a midnight madness for that because the lava vader thing happened on a Saturday morning. That's right. It wasn't midnight madness, no, was it? I attended that with it my was, son. It was a morning. It's all getting fuzzy. It's all getting fuzzy. Well, anyway, we know that September 4th, there's going to be a Midnight Madness for uh the Force Awakens. And Jim, what do you think will be the um what do you think will be the the Darth Maul figure for The Force Awakens. What's going to be that one that people are going to be crawling all over each other to get? Uh, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of attractive stuff swinging from those pegs, but I think the one the one action figure that's going to have that Boba Fett, that Darth Maul factor, is going to be Captain Phasma. I think people are uh. going to go crazy for that character just because she looks so amazing. Well, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. It's a female character. Yes, I said. So they, they clearly won't make it. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. We have to. We have to start the positions now, then, because I yeah, want that. Absolutely. Figure. I mean, yeah. they, they won't make it. You know, it's like trying to get an Amy figure back in the A Team days. She's definitely going to be part of the initial wave launch. Definitely. Yeah. You I think mean, so? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, Captain what a striking, striking looking figure. Of yeah. course, you know, Kylo Ren, they're all going to be there. Uh, BB-8's going to be a hot one. Um, now, see, I'm surprised, like, a BB-8 isn't an early release. Uh, but There's you know, been no word about an early release. Uh, I mean, we might see something or hear something at San Diego Comic-Con. We know that Kenner, or, yeah, Freudian slip. <laughs> we know that Hasbro is going to be doing a, uh, a presentation and uh, I, I, is there rumor of a, of possibly a San Diego Comic Con Hasbro Star Wars exclusive, or it was the was the announcement just that they were going to have a presence in a presentation? I think that was the announcement. So you never know. There could be a surprise. There could be a uh, early release of a figure. But boy, oh boy! I mean, summer's going to be over. You know, once once Comic Con hits, summer's over in the blink of an eye, and then. We're into the fall. It might as well be September 4th. So the timing may just not be there right. to do a, a sneak preview. But this would be the first time, I think, uh, with a Star Wars film outside of the Clone Wars where there was not an advanced figure. So let's, let's, let's think about it. So um, with A New Hope, you had, well, you could say the early bird. That doesn't really count. But with Empire Strikes Back, uh, Boba Fett, Bosk yeah. was an early bird. Those are the two that I know. Um, with uh, Return of the Jedi, 
I believe it was um, the Imperial, uh, the, 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 the Royal Guard, I believe, was an early bird. Was it? Admiral Akbar was. Admiral I mean, Akbar, yeah. right, right. I don't recall um, the Imperial Guard. I thought that the uh, Emperor's Royal Guard was, uh, was, a, was an early bird. But you're right. I know Akbar was. We're missing one other one. Was it General Maydeen? Oh, God. I don't think so. <laughs> it was I, there, there. There was one that was really obscure. I don't, I don't see kids running out to their I'm, mailboxes <laughs> every day, going, "Oh God, that Maydean <laughs> character is not showing up." <clears throat> he comes with a baton <laughs> for action sequences requiring a, a baton. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, I need you to think here because I there was more than <laughs> there was more than one, and I swear to gosh, I can picture. Uh, the the sticker. All right, so at least we know that there is Akbar. All right, for episode, <laughs> they did do another mail away for Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, but that was at the end. That was the the, the power of the Force yeah. line. Uh, Emperor uh, was also a mail away at first. The Emperor yeah, figure. Right, then right. he then he was released widely. Uh, <laughs> I have to check. We need to, we, our our audience will be our fact checkers. Um, so episode one was was Mace Windu. Yeah. Episode two. I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you. Do yeah. you remember there were four figures? There were four. There were that four. were released, um, was, and I uh, can name a couple. Oh of boy, them. I know uh, Django Fett. Yes, there was an R2 unit that was yellow. It had a clear dome. Yes, and yellow highlights on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, boy. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm letting myself down because there were four. Oh, I uh, Zam. Zam was one of them. Right. Uh, oh, number four. And then I'll just have to go with that, the battle droid because they're everywhere. Um, <laughs> that's probably wrong. Let, wait, let me not give up so fast. The film is cloned, so I'm, I think it was a clone. Maybe? No? That, that, that fourth one is, is elusive to me. Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to. Elsewhere. Elusive. <laughs> but, um, and then, know, okay, so let's that skip one. that for now. And then Revenge of the Sith, there were there were several early birds uh, for Revenge of the Sith. Early birds for Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, boy, I can't I can't name a single one. Well, um, the Wookiee Warriors, the Wookiee Warriors. Yep. Okay. Um. Uh. Who else? Um. Uh. Oh, see now I'm blanking here. But I mean, were these mailaways in the No, they were not mailaways. No, no. So these are just They like, were just released early. Early. Just early releases. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm trying to Oh god. <laughs> I don't recall either. This is a tough quiz, man. I know. I I was so confident about it at first. Um Hold on. They they were called Sneak Peek. Sneak Peek. Attack I'll of tell the you what. Clones. Listen, while you're working the uh, Google overtime, I'm going to give away some little Debbie because we have. Can you do that? Yes, I'm going to do that. So I'm going to come back. Um, oh, I, all right, I'm on to something. Give away some little Debbie. He's on to something. I uh, I love giving away little Debbie here on Rebel Force Radio. Uh, we give away little Debbie Galactic snack packs, and you know sometimes we get a little bit of. Um, uh, grief because we've been primarily giving away the goodness of little Debbie only via 
eligibility that uh, you guys can obtain by posting stuff on social media. And I realize that not every Star Wars fan uses the social media. I realize not every listener of this show uses the social media. And, uh, you know, Chuck is one of those listeners. And uh, he, he wrote us at uh, show at rebelforceradio.com. And he says, hey, first Jays in Star Wars. Well, I kind of like that. That's a, you know, if uh, uh, apparently Toys R Us wants to steal our uh, your source for the force tagline, maybe we'll just start going with first Jays in Star Wars. I like that. I I, like we're it. the original JJ. The original. It's yeah, that's right. That's right. Think about it, Abrams. We're coming <laughs> after Toys R Us. We're coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to go by your your real name, which is whatever. So, uh, first Jays in Star Wars. I was wondering if you guys think we'll finally get the first on screen canon look at Bothans in. Uh, I, I believe he's talking about Rogue One. Yes, he says with the stealing of the Death Star plans coming in Rogue One, I think it would be a good place to start. Give us some Bothans, Chuck says. Uh, he's wondering what we think of that. Uh, Jason, do you think we're going to be seeing Bothans in Rogue One? Um, Boy, it's not really... We have no reason to assume that Bothans were part of the, uh, the, the, the spy ring that led to the procurement of the first Death Star plans. Uh, it just seems a little bit too coincidental that... You know, fool me once. Yeah, it's always Bothans. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I mean, it just, um, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with no. I just think it's just uh, too much of a coincidence that they're always the ones that are getting those plans. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I'm not saying that we may not, I'm not saying that we'll never see a Bothan in any of the, the future Star Wars films. I would love to see some of these uh, some of these planets that we've heard about, uh, you know, like Ord Mandel, um and some of these uh, other species that we've never seen, you know, well, Gundark might be kind of fun to see. Um, so I'm not going to say no, but I, I, I don't see them having a big role in the, in the stealing of the planets. It's always the Bothans, you know? Yeah. Could you see Darth Vader? He's just like, I told you not to let the Bothans in here again. They stole the Death Star plans before, and now they've stolen them again. What? Who let them in here? Was it Ozzel? What? I Absolutely, know. you it's can't have the Bothans. <laughs> yeah, it's just it just makes them look so weak, you know. Um, <laughs> Those slippery so, Bothans. So I say no. I say no. I say uh, poodoo to that one. Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing the Bothans. But Chuck continues. Uh, hey, uh, P.S. Uh, hey, I know the point of the little Debbie ads is uh, to spread the word on uh, social media, and that's what you kind of got going on there. But uh, there are those of us who don't use social media that would love a galactic snack pack. So he says he's not on social media, but he would still love him some cosmic cupcakes. And uh, I say, Chuck, you know what? I'm going to do this one time and one time only. Because we've made it clear here that to become eligible to win the awesome Little Debbie Galactic Snack Packs, you have to spread the word about Rebel Force Radio and Little Debbie on social media. But you know what? He's right. I want to be all-inclusive here on Rebel Force Radio, and I want to give Chuck... A galactic snack pack. And that's going to have those awesome cosmic cupcakes in there. So, uh, Chuck, uh, we'll be reaching out to you to get your uh, your uh, deets about where to ship the uh, Little Debbie. And uh, that's just, I'm just saying, hey, look, we 
don't hold Star Wars fans to just social media standards. We we appreciate anyone who listens and supports our show. And, uh, of course, we love it when uh, you guys write us and you leave us voicemails. And uh, so we love hearing from you, and we love giving you a Little Debbie. So, Chuck, you're getting Little Debbie. Every week we give away Little Debbie here on Rebel Force Radio because, of course, Little Debbie is the official snack of Rebel Force Radio. All right, I have the answers. Oh, great. I've got great. the answers for the, uh, the sneak peek figure. So to clarify, to spare people the emails, uh-huh. the mail-away sneak preview ended with episode one. That was the last sneak preview mail-away figure. Got it. Uh, and that was the Mace Windu figure, and he came boxed. Now, there were other mail-away figures, but I'm, we're talking about the sneak peek. Right. Uh, going into the prequel film yeah. or go, going into a Star Wars film. So by the time clones rolls around, they did a pre-release of four figures that were uh, out. I, I want to say good three months or so before the before the the, the release of the movie. Um, they were, as Jim pointed out, Zam Wessel, Django Fett. Um, there was the droid. And uh, it looks like R. I can't make it out. It's it's hard. It's R something. T something I, I I can't I can't tell and then there was a clone trooper yes so that was a that was a that was yes. a hot thing I was four for four on that one you were you knew it see the, you, this you old guy it. this old guy can still remember a few th- I haven't gone completely senile yet Jason yep not yet not completely not yet not completely uh, that is R three T seven R three T seven oh R three T seven oh my <laughs> doesn't really work I don't know. It's, uh, like Tom Kane was here from Smugglers, <laughs> uh, who did uh, just an incredible job. He does uh, a great 3PO, doesn't he? As soon, yeah, you know, it was one of those things. As soon as he started doing 3PO, the audience started to applaud. Oh, yeah. Oh, it really? Was, oh, how yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah, yeah he's great. It was great. Um, okay, so episode three, sneak preview. There were four. Uh, General Grievous. Tion Medon. Tion? Tion Medon. R4G9, another another R2 unit, and the Wookiee Warrior that I called. And the Wookiee Warrior. And I I believe that R4 was kind of copperish, and it had a thing that, that, a a plastic thing that jutted out of its head to sort of represent a a holographic transmission or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 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 So so that's it. But, you know, it is is odd that, you know, and there there were even... They were gosh, there's a whole midnight madness for the release of the Clone Wars movie and those figures. So it just seems um, kind of crazy that we haven't at least seen a, a sneak peek figure or an announcement of a sneak peek. I don't know. You know, the culture of uh, merchandising Star Wars toys uh, for the last few years has definitely put the three and three quarter inch action figure on the oh, back don't burner. Say it. Don't say back, it. It's, it definitely has, and there's no doubt about it. And yes, I know that 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 particular line of action figures is the backbone of Star Wars collecting, in my opinion. That's where it all begins for me. That's my focus is the three and three quarter inch figure. But if you notice, ever since the release of the Phantom Menace 3D, there has been no aggressive nature as there has been in the past to get those figures out and to produce them. It's gosh, I I don't even hunt for them anymore. And that was a regular routine of mine for years. Um, 
there's just there's just no priority there. And I I think everyone who collects Star Wars action figures is hoping that that climate will change with the release of The Force Awakens. But to have no uh, preview figure doesn't surprise me at all. Hasbro, they had such a small presence at Star Wars Celebration when in the past they were huge players. They didn't even have a panel. It's all very hush-hush with Hasbro. And uh, what they showed off at Toy Fair was a, a Chewbacca Furby, and that was it. So, I mean, the priority is definitely shifted. I just hope that common sense and at least respect for tradition will will keep those action figures in production for the foreseeable future. But it's definitely not the aggressive marketing plan that we've seen in the, the past with Star Wars action figures, and that's kind of sad. I don't know if that's necessarily an accurate representation of what the marketplace is like or what collecting habits are like in the year 2015. I really don't think it is. I think uh, there's definitely a place in the market for Star Wars action figures, just like there always has been. And I think that uh, Hasbro with the line has just done fans such great service over the years. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, to me, it, it feels sad to think that they're putting that on the back burner. The classic Star Wars collectible, the three and three quarter inch figure, you know. It's, it's, it's 40 years of rich tradition there. And uh, definitely the thing that connected fans to the saga in a very profound way for decades. So I, I just hate to see that slide. I do too. I think that with the release of these new movies, I think that there's going to be a, uh, a renaissance in a, in a, in a sense. And it, you know, to your, to your point about, or your question rather about um, what is it? Is it the marketplace conditions? Is it, is it uh, perhaps a, um, a, a failure on the on the part of the, the you know the manufacturer. Uh, I think it's a I think it's a lot of things. I think it has to do with overseas production. I think it has to do. I think all all of the above is the answer. Really, I think yes, mar- uh, market conditions are, are are something. You know, the the hobby has really evolved. The the collectors are, I think, um, into. You know, because of. The manufacturing process, because of overseas manufacture and the, the, the rising cost of producing these things, it's like, well, you can either pay $12 for a three and three quarter inch figure or you can pay, you know, 50, 60, 75 bucks and you get something that looks like it's, it, it was, you know, came out of a Hollywood studio. I mean, super, super detailed stuff. And I think for collectors, you know, they're going to say, well, I, I'm going to go with the, the high-end stuff. It, it comes out um, uh, at, at a less rapid pace. I have time to prepare. And um, I, I think, again, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of those things. But I'm hoping that the release of the film and all these new exciting characters are going to get kids excited about uh, playing with Star Wars action figures again. So uh, here, here's hoping. By the way, I still haven't been able to confirm General Maydeen as a male. <laughs> Surprise! Can you imagine kids? Can you imagine kids in 1983? (laughs) Mom, mom, when is that mailman gonna show up? I need that General Maydeen action figure. I have so many adventures that we must go on together. Me and General Maydeen with his action baton. 
<laughs> Please, God. I may be remembering that incorrectly. I think so. Oh, General Maydean. All, right, well. all right, we got one story we have to tell people about. Let's do it. I have good news for you, my lord. That's good news. Come closer, I have good news. All right, we're running over on time a little bit, but this time waits for no one when there's big Star Wars news. And I think this category, uh, this this uh, uh, qualifies. Um, this was, uh, you know, the Vanity Fair coverage of, of The Force Awakens has just been fantastic. I mean, not only was there a beautiful uh, hard copy edition of the magazine that's out on newsstands now, but the, the online, it just keeps coming and coming. So I believe it's Bruce Handy was the uh, was the the writer that did a lot of this stuff. I think I'm remembering his name right. And um, he did a, just a ton of interviews. And what you if you just picked up the um, the newsstand copy, there's a whole lot more at VanityFair.com. They've been uh, releasing a lot of the interviews that Bruce did in their entirety. Um, in this case, uh, I believe it's Bruce that did this, but I, I could be wrong. But he interviewed Annie Leibovitz, who is you know the brilliant artist photographer um, who is responsible for all the the beautiful photos from the set of uh, The Force Awakens. And in that is where it is revealed the name of Andy Serkis's character, and it's revealed and confirmed. Uh, officially, that Andy Serkis is playing a motion capture character. He's all uh, done up in his mocap gear, just like Lupita Nyong'o was um, in that in that photo that came out uh, several weeks ago. And the name, you ready, Jim? Yes. Supreme Leader Snoke. 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 Snoke him if you got him. Now we have no idea what he's going to look like. Um, you know, you can't really tell from the, the motion capture, uh, you know, spandex or whatever it is that he's wearing here. But uh, so in this interview, it's revealed via a caption that Andy Serkis is Supreme Leader Snoke. Now, we've never heard the title Supreme Leader in Star Wars before. So that um, doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like a, uh, a, a military title. So, we, you know, he's not he's not. Supreme Moth. He's not Grand Moth. Uh, he's not Commander. He's not any kind of typical military uh, title. He's not a Darth. Um, he's not God. a Lord. Let me just say, thank, yeah. thank you, God. No he's, Darth? He's not a Darth. Thank okay. you, God. No Darth. Well, so Supreme Leader. So this, this sounds like it could be a, a, a new faction. Yeah. It does. Well, a new faction with uh, with the First Order. Um, that's who I'm guessing he's associated with. Oh, you Order. think he's he's leading the First Order? Right, right. You know, they've there there may be, and again, I keep leaning on this. And uh, like I said, I've I've sort of turned my back on spoilers, so I'm dealing with total oh, no. speculation. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, uh, am I screwing with you now? No, 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 no. You know what? I don't consider a character name to be a spoiler. I turn okay, my good. back on plot spoilers. Um, if there's going to be a big reveal for Snoke, I don't think that they would be featuring him on the Vanity Fair website at this point in time. <laughs> you know, so I yeah, think sure, sure. I, I'm I'm very open to anything that comes out through the official sources. I know that recently there have been these full plot synopsises online, and I'm not giving them 
the time of day at all. Not at all, because that's just it, it's getting to be too much right now. With that in mind, knowing that I've been avoiding spoilers, I keep leaning on that whole idea of the two factions of the Empire that are sort of struggling to become the dominant uh, remnant of the Empire. Mm. That's what I think is going on. That's where I think you have this First Order, and then you have the Empire. I think there is going to be an empire. I think there's going to be an emperor. I, I, you know, but I think that there's going to be civil war going on in the empire. And so you're going to be dealing with this first order that's going to have a supreme leader. I could be way off with that. Um, but uh, that's just kind of something I've I'm, I'm been leaning towards for a while. We do know that Andy Serkis's character, Snoke, provided the narration for the first teaser trailer. There's been an awakening. Um, we had assumed... Yes, have you felt it? Um, we had assumed that he was talking about the Force awakening. So that would indicate the fact that uh, Supreme... What are they calling this cat? Supreme, Supreme Leader. Supreme Leader Snoke has some sort of force ability or he he knows how to measure the balance of the force in some way shape or form if the balance of of the force actually comes into play at all um well he at least has an awareness of the force he may not be a a a force user per se well but i mean how would he even be able to acknowledge well i guess you could witness acts being done by force users uh, that would make you say, hmm, the Force is awakening, I think. Me thinks. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, again. I'm, I'm glad I'm, you weren't writing the film. No, no. So I and I am, I'm avoiding spoilers, so that is actually not dialogue from the film. Do I have There's to say that? Awakening. That now that is. Me thinks. At least that me thinks. <laughs> me thinks. I read a Star Wars novel. It was, gosh, I can't remember who. What are you, Popeye all of us? No, no, it was, it was, it was years ago. And they had Han Solo. Han Solo used the word "methinks" on the pages of this expanded universe novel that I read years ago. And I, I remember saying to my wife, "No way would Han Solo use a word like methinks." <laughs> so it's yeah. like Popeye, like you said, right. oh, "methinks." So uh, that book would be expanding the universe of my birdcage. Let yeah. me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's why I think it's so funny that you were stuck there on Saturday. Well, I mean, no, look, I mean, there's been a lot of great stuff. Of no, course, it was, that, that it was fun. That was, and we'll get to it eventually. Not we this love week, it. We love we'll all Star to. Wars. There's no question about it. We love all Star Wars. Even if we complain a little bit about it, we still love it. So, uh, you know who else we love? Andy Speaking Serkis. Of, we're talking. Well, we love Andy Circus, and we love that he is Supreme Leader Snoke. But uh, uh, we want to talk about uh, our love for the, the folks at Dorkside Toys. They've been with us for a long time. They're a great sponsor. And um, as we were talking about Star Wars figures earlier, uh, you know, it, there's, there's two different worlds of collecting. There's the world of walking into your local Target or Walmart or Toys R Us and being disappointed. And then there's the world of going to Dorkside Toys and realizing that all the figures that, have, have, that are being released are now all within your grasp. And that includes the Black Series, the Rebels figures, which are just uh, impossible to find. Uh, Saga Legends, the Mission Series, those really fun. And they're just like everywhere now. The, the, the pop vinyl figures where they got, you know, a whole line of Star Wars figures also. Um, and 
You can pre-order them. They have carded figures. They've got loose figures. Uh, they, they now have Jim Star Wars, Star Wars Hot Wheels. Yes, I love them. Now at Dorkside. Yeah, Do they, so, can you pre-order Snoke? Do they offer I, that? I, I don't see There's a pre-order no. listing. They're good. Oh. You know, I said earlier in the show that I don't go on um, action figure toy runs at all anymore because I know I'm going to be disappointed when I go to the stores. That yeah, doesn't why do mean, that to yourself? That doesn't mean I have stopped collecting. I still have a steady flow of the most current Hasbro releases, three and three-quarter inch. Yeah, sometimes I get those big six-inchers, too. But um, they all come from Dorkside, and they come in absolute mint condition. Um, and they have the best pre-orders. That's why I love you. You pre-order and then you don't have to worry about it. And then all of a sudden it shows up at your door. Um, they don't, you cannot pre-order Snoke yet though. I keep trying and they won't let me do it. Yeah. I, I was doing a search and nothing's coming out. But, you know, so what I love about the pre-orders is you, you, sometimes you pre-order a month in advance and you completely forget about them. Yes. And you come home and there's that box waiting on the front porch. Oh, I love it. And it's just it's it's so much fun. It's and like you know, a little... the second they announce the Snoke figure is coming, Dorkside will have that pre-order up and go. Of so course, they we will. we don't doubt that for a second. But we want we want you to shop Dorkside Toys and let Dorkside Toys know that you came from uh, us here at Rebel Force Radio. So what we'd like you to do is go to a shotglassdigital dot com. You're going to see a Dorkside banner. Click on that, and then they'll know that you came in through us and uh, shopped here. Your heart's content there and catch up, will you? Catch up because it's going to be hitting the fan here yeah, in September. It is. Uh, you're going to be, um, you're going to need to be caught up because there's going to be a whole new slew oh, yeah. of figures and characters to collect. Snoke at so. all. <laughs> and uh, hey, are you aware of the fact, Jason, that the name Snoke has appeared in Star Wars in the past? I, was that the name of the Gamorrean Guard X-Wing pilot? No, it wasn't. Uh, but he was a pilot. He oh. was a pilot. According to Wikipedia, Snoke oh. Lerowin, Snoke Lerowin was a Corellian pilot who fought with the Rebel Alliance. He participated in the Battle of Endor, where he made an attack run on the Super Star Destroyer Executor. He was killed when his X-Wing was destroyed by a turbo laser. And, uh, his, or was he? Well, his death was not in vain because uh, his fellow pilot, another pilot, was able to pilot his damaged fighter onto the bridge of the executor, thus destroying it. How, or, how would somebody? Or, uh, or, or was he? Or, or was, was he awakened? But he, <laughs> but he that's actually. Way, that's how you have to say it now. Yes, I'll be. I'm going to be walking around tomorrow. You know, saying that to everyone. <laughs> Just we should do that. We should have a Rebel Force Radio talk like Andy talk like Snoke Day. Speak like Snoke. Right. Speak like Snoke with Rebel Force Radio and just all day long you walk around talking like this. <laughs> and people will be like, Oh my god, who's who are you supposed to be? Cookie Monster? Hey, it's Cookie Monster over here. No, I'm not I'm not Cookie Monster, I'm Snoke. Well, I don't know about that Cookie Monster, because you sure sound like you need some cookies. No, there's been awakening. Uh no, I do sound like cooking my cookies. But you know where the now Snoke... you're slipping into Schwarzenegger. The original. That was, I'll leave that. That to was Sam. like Cookie Monster doing Schwarzenegger doing Snoke. I'll leave that to Sam. But so yeah. Snoke, <laughs> Snoke was originally um, mentioned in the uh, young reader's uh, novel, The Lost City of the Jedi, which you remember, Jason, is part of the Glove of Darth Vader series. Oh boy. 
So that's, oh boy. So that's where you uh, you can. So you know smoke. it's legit. You know it's legit. Somebody also sent me something. It was uh, what was it? Snoke on the water and Kylo in the sky. A little deep purple. Oh, Snoke oh. on the water and Kylo in the sky. Yeah, that kind of works. I don't know. Let's go back to this. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, before before we wrap uh, we got a couple. Jimmy's having fun with his soundboard. We got a couple more things to do, and uh, and we're out of here. Rebel Force Radio. You've already made that Star Wars reference. Your source for the Force. Star Wars parody. <laughs> now, well, wait a minute. Uh-huh. Now, now okay. I'm confused. I. Do, do we have a double dose of Billy D this week? Well, it's kind of like that. One thing sort of leads into the other. So let's start with Star Wars and pop culture and an email we got from Mike McDonald, who says, uh, Hey, Jason, Jimmy was sitting with my wife while she was watching General Hospital. And guess who's back in Port Charles? Our buddy from the old nighttime soap, Night Shift, Spinelli. Spinelli. Remember that guy? He was the guy... Who uh, Billy D? Uh, he dealt with. Um, he would like dispense wisdom to during the night shift. This guy was like this quirky, weird character who was on the uh, spinoff from uh, the General Hospital spinoff show that basically uh, kicked off the whole Billy D quote of the week all those years ago, going on almost a decade ago. Billy D was part of the cast of the. General Hospital spinoff night shift. That's yeah, it was exclusive to the uh, the Soapnet. Soapnet, that's yeah, right. Channel, oh yeah, channel. Yeah, the memories. And so we would feature Billy D's moments on that show, and that's basically how the quote of the week launched. And it's coming so full um, circle. So let's go back. Uh, I, I believe the wow. year was two thousand seven to uh, Billy D. Williams starring on Night Shift, and here's a scene with Spinelli. All right, Mr. Peabody, we're going way back. Well, see, the Jackal has a long and troubled history with those of the Jester persuasion, but I, I, I poured my heart out to him, I, and, and the painted one didn't respond. Well, sometimes a man needs some quiet in his own mind. Wow. It was an utterance worthy of Stone Cold. Maybe your clown needs a friend. <laughs> my mission is clear. Thank you, wise one. That is a blast from the past. Maybe a clown <laughs> needs a friend. That's, that's a weird show, you know. Weird, weird show. <laughs> but so that the, the clown is back. Maybe his clown did find a friend because Spinelli is back, and this time he's on the uh, the main show, the flagship show, General Hospital. Spinelli shows up. He still seems kind of quirky and weird. But this time he's throwing down with the Star Wars reference, and not just any Star Wars reference. He is referring to Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force Awakens. So let's check it out. Let's tune in. General Hospital and the return of the clown himself, Spinelli, from the old Billy D. Williams spinoff of General Hospital Night Shift. To fall in battle against the forces of righteousness... To plummet into oblivion like the Sith Lord that you are. Did he just call you a Sith Lord? Yes, you were like Darth Darth Vader before redemption. Darth Maul! The Emperor! The, the scary Sith guy in the trailer with the broadsword like lay, lay, Spinelli. lightsabers? Spinelli, all right, enough. All right, Spinelli. <laughs> so he was he, he 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 referred to all of them. He referred to Darth Vader original trilogy. He referred to Darth Maul prequel trilogy and the scary guy from the trailer 
with that <laughs> broadsword. I, I believe that's what Spinelli was saying. Yeah. So, uh, good for him uh, for keeping up on all things pop culture and bringing it to uh, uh, where they live, Port Charles. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> just so we know that. Uh, you know a lot. You know a lot more about your stories, don't you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I just know what people tell me. So there he is, Spinelli, alive and well. We, we have not had any uh, sightings of a Toussaint Dubois. AKA oh. Billy D Williams from we should be so lucky night shift. Um, but, uh, yeah, nowhere to be found. So maybe the clown still does need a friend, mm. but, uh, thank you, Mike McDonald. You are a long time listener. And, uh, wow. Talk about the force working in mysterious ways. Spinelli returns, uh, the clown looking for his friend. And, uh, not only does he make a big splash, uh, but he does so with a Star Wars reference. So uh, good on him. And so uh, where do you go with a Star Wars and pop culture segment like that? There's only one place you can go. This is Billy D. Williams, Lando Calrissian. It's time for the quote of the week. Hello, what have we here? It's just me, Billy D. <laughs> And don't mess this up, man. Be smooth. Lando's right. Indeed. Sorry, baby. It's just business. Why, you slimy, double-crossing, no-good swindler. Works every time. And Lando Calrissian is forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Billy D. quote of the week this week from Benzo. Benzo. Benzo writes us. uh, Benzo is an independent filmmaker, and he listens to Rebel Force Radio. Now, this is a cool story. Benzo writes, I am a director of online videos and commercials. I recently independently made a very short comedy film and was very fortunate to work with Billy D. Williams, who narrates the piece. It's titled Never Cool, and it basically demonstrates a simple yet fundamental lesson of life. I really hope you enjoy it. So uh, what we're going to do is listen to the audio of... Benzo Theodore's Never Cool, narrated by Billy D. Williams. And then uh, you can check out our Facebook page. We'll actually put up the video itself. But here's the audio. Billy D. Williams, Never Cool. No matter how cool you might be, there are some things you can never look cool while doing. Like getting out of the backseat of a two-door car. Or walking your face through a spider web. Leaning too far back in a chair. Getting smoke in your eye. Drinking with a straw. Getting an ice cream headache. Pushing on a pool door. Eating something that's way too hot. Getting startled. Chasing a ping pong ball. Walking barefoot on hot sand. Dodging a bee. Picking up duty. And forgetting to use your parking brake on a hill. So be careful not to ever be seen doing these things. And you can always keep your cool. There you go. Now that is that is words to live by. Absolutely. uh, I'm laughing because I just chased a ping pong ball tonight. (laughs) And there you go. There you go. And I remember thinking how ridiculous I must look. Yes. But. Oh, man. Your your Forrest Gump moment. 
Yeah, but sure. uh, but yeah, there you go. So how cool was it for Billy D to do the narration for Benzo's uh, video? We're going to be putting that up on our Facebook page so you can check it out. Um, you know, you need the visuals to really get the whole message of the video. But you know what? Anytime Billy D is in. It's T-shirt time. Oh, God, God, how that happened. <laughs> We're Sorry. sold out of those. Uh, <laughs> But any time Billy D even just speaks into a microphone, we like to feature it here at Rebel Force Radio. So if you have any good suggestions for the Billy D quote of the week, be sure to write us an email, show at rebelforceradio.com, and leave us that, that uh, what do you call that, uh, the subject line. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Billy D. And you can always keep your cool. It's over. <laughs> it was we gotta go stuff. home now. What a great show! Oh, that was a good time. That was yes. a good time. Always uh, a blast to, to catch up with Kyle and and uh, you know just to be able to just chat with him and not necessarily uh, you know be examining uh, an episode of Rebels or something. You know, just kind of a talk uh, life and Star Wars with him. It's great. And of course, Catherine Tabor. What a lovely, classy, and talented lady. Uh, to join us and uh, Jim I know a lot of folks would be anxiously awaiting the uh, official release of Smuggler's Bounty uh, the enhanced audio edition the way it was really meant to be experienced uh, in audio format so hopefully you'll be bringing us those details soon oh absolutely you can expect that coming really soon Uh, me and Kyle are already uh, going back and forth on enhancements we're making to our recording and uh, we want to make sure it's perfect before it gets released. And uh, you'll get all the information about that upcoming release here on Rebel Force Radio. Uh, big thanks to our sponsors this week, uh, Audible.com. And uh, no, no, <laughs> uh, well, that's OK. We love Audible. All right. Let's give it to Audible. Yeah. Um, big thanks to our sponsors, <laughs> uh, Dorkside Toys and Little Debbie Snack Cakes. Um, they uh, help make this show possible. So please, uh, we ask you to support them as well. Uh, email address if you'd like to uh, write a show at rebelforceradio.com. That's show at rebelforceradio.com. And the voicemail line 708 320 rfr And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Rebel Force Radio, at Jimmy Mac Radio, and I'm at Jason Swank. Facebook page, facebook.com slash rebelforceradio. Uh, don't forget about iTunes, still the number one. Uh, source really for podcasts anywhere uh, iTunes you can subscribe and you can review so you never miss an episode of Rebel Force Radio and those reviews we love to have those just one rule make it good and the official website for Rebel Force Radio is rebelforceradio.com and we do ask you to check out all of the quality audio entertainment coming from shotglassdigital.com and uh, if you like to uh, listen to internet radio, we know a great station, Sorcerer's Radio, and uh, that's at SR, srsounds.com, run by our good buddy Al John, and you can listen to Rebel Force Radio on Saturday nights there. Until next time, we will uh, we'll see you later. Love you all so much. 
For Rebel Force Radio, I'm Jason. And I'm General Maydean's number one fan. You're <laughs> never going to let me live it down. Is that figure, where did the figure come yet? Is it here? Yes. And remember. Force will be with you. Always. <laughs>